As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. and welcome to Wiregrass Homes. I am Stan Fikes, your host for tonight. And as usual, I have with me my very awesome co-host, Miss Mary Curion. Mary, are you there? Yes, I am, Stan. How you doing? I am blessed, Mary. I I, I say that and I think about your foot. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> That's okay. If I was a horse, they would have shot me by now, but thank God I'm not a horse. Yes, thank God. Um, yeah, it's, that's not good. But I've seen pictures of uh, your foot on Facebook, and um, it looks bad. And I'm really, really, really worried about you. Um, but we're just gonna have to pray it up and get everything fixed, right? That's right. Awesome. What's awesome. the worst to get that can happen, right? I can come back and haunt you. <laughs> Wait a minute now. I'm being haunted by several <laughs> people. So <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing. But um, it would be a good I, thing. I have EVP recorders, so we can talk still. So okay, that works right. for me. <laughs> uh, I want to let everybody know um, we have an awesome show tonight. We have Jay and Marie Yates from Crossing Over Paranormal Society, aka the Cops Crew. Um, these guys have made all kinds of TV shows, um, haunted case files, ghost adventures, and, and a whole lot more. And we are going to hear just a few minutes, short few minutes. We're going to bring them in and, and talk about some of this stuff. And um, these guys are just awesome. The, these are some of the teams. This, this team here is like some of the teams that I've wanted on the show. Um, the ones that actually care. They're out there for the right reason, um, and just they're just good people. And uh, 
So that's that's another reason why I was so adamant about bringing them on the show. Um, I do have a couple of announcements about Web Paranormal Group. We are starting our busy season. season. Um, we are uh, shortly going to be at Newton uh, to the at the battlefield, and we have several investigations. I want everybody to watch out for. We have hundred year old manor we're going to be investigating and all this is going to be on on our website and our youtube channel and on facebook and then of course in june one of our big ones we're investigating the uss north carolina battleship so um that's going to be a big one so uh we're all right now preparations are being made so it takes a long time to come up with do something like that so but uh well, Mary, are you ready to bring on our guests? I definitely am. Awesome. Well, everybody, without further ado, Mr. J and Marie Yates. Guys, are you there? Hello. Yep, we're here. Yes. Hi. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Awesome. We are. We're just wonderful. Um, Mary's got her foot propped up. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Thank I'm you sorry, for having man. us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I was saying, I, I've really, really wanted you guys to be on the show. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff on Facebook and um, uh, on YouTube and other places about some of the stuff that you guys do. And I don't see how in the world you spread yourself out so much. I mean, how do you <laughs> yeah, guys do that? That's a really good, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, that's a lot of strategic planning sometimes, and a fly by our seat. I think. Process. I think what we do is by the end of December we're dead. By the end of I mean December comes, we're just dead. No one even can contact us. <laughs> yeah, we usually we usually shut down right after, um, like right before Thanksgiving. But uh, this year it's been very busy. We've been very blessed and had uh, wonderful opportunities to be a part of a lot of different productions um, on major networks and stuff. So. Um, you know, I, a lot of these things, this is a great platform for us to be able to talk about our ghostly encounters. And then if they could somehow be a blessing to somebody else, um, uh, we figure why not do it? So, um, we've had a really good run now. Um, we've been doing television now for, I think about five or six years, at least, and probably more than that. So. I don't know. Um, definitely TV wasn't the, uh, wasn't the plan. That wasn't what we, we wanted. That kind of, they just kind of reached out to us back in the day and, we thought, oh, that'd be kind of fun. And little did we know that, you know, years down the road, we'd be doing so many different productions and sharing our stories with such broad audiences. Um, but aside from that, I mean, we're, we're we're in the convention scene, so we do a lot of appearances out of events. Um, we host our own uh, public ghost hunts uh, in our state of Arizona. Um, and uh, we just got a lot going on. I mean, we do quite a bit, but we somehow we make it work. Somehow it works. And uh uh, that's like a lot of Marie's planning, I think, more than mine. <laughs> I just say yes, and then I have to deal with it later. <laughs> wow, that's kind of like me and my wife. I mean, she says <laughs> we're going to do this, and I say, we are okay. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yes, yeah, so I've I, learned I, a little. I've learned a little secret. Uh, Jay's always has a cell phone on him, always. So I've learned to program everything in his cell phone for anything so he tries to do anything he knows everything coming up 
Yeah, but like, <laughs> my my calendar looks like uh, you know like all crazy and like checkered with all these different <laughs> things that we have to do um, each individual day. But uh, yeah, we know we do that, and then you know we have uh, we have two kids living at home. We have a um, an autistic son that lives at the age of 22, which is a handful of times, um, and then we have a 17 year old uh, living at home. So we, we got to balance all that stuff out, and then on top of all this, you know, we have real jobs that we go through each day. So. Um, it definitely makes it a, a little more complicated. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize that we do that. We actually do work 40-hour jobs throughout the week as well. So, yeah. I mean, we both have very blessed uh, jobs that actually work with us. Um, so, I mean, we do get a lot of time off um, for, like, filming, conventions filming. and stuff. But um, we still, <laughs> when we're not doing that stuff, we are working. <laughs> yes, this is very true. <laughs> Uh, yes, I can I can relate to that. I work about 50 to 60 hours a week and on top of the radio show and on top of the paranormal. So I know where you guys are coming from. Yeah, it, it can be taxing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I guess we can just kind of begin at the the beginning there. I know I know some of the questions everybody wants to ask. Well, how did you get into the paranormal and stuff like that? So um I'll let you, we'll just kind of start there and just give us a basic run on how you guys got into this and where you are as of right now. Um, I guess that would start with me because Marie didn't really know too much about this realm until she married into it. Um, I, I was pretty much born haunted, so as far back as I can remember, um, I experienced paranormal phenomenon. And for me, that looked like me seeing spirits. Um, them trying to reach out and communicate with me as a child. Uh, oftentimes in the beginning, what I saw was uh, kids, the, the children who passed away, and I saw them as they looked at the time of death. Um, and, of course, that was terrifying for me as, like, you know, a three-, four-, five-year-old kid, you know, having these experiences. Um, and it kind of progressed throughout my childhood um, and just continued to um, escalate um, and to the point to where, you know, like – uh, my parents uh, had me psychologically evaluated, um, which I would pass, and they would say, oh, he just has a really active imagination. Um, my family was haunted uh, beside me, so like my mother, my father, they have like, you know, uh, a history of having paranormal phenomenon happen to them within their own lives. So they were kind of accustomed to that, so it was nice to be able to have someone to kind of talk to about some of the stuff I was experiencing personally, um, but uh, it really wasn't helping the problem, wasn't making it go away. Um, I definitely, as a kid, looked up to people like Ed and Lorraine Warren. I appreciated their approach to the field. Um, but we didn't have these, these TV shows that we have today to where we can tune in and kind of relate to some of these things that are happening to other people. Like Marie and I are able to do these storytelling shows. We're able to tell stories. I wish I would have had that growing up because it would have helped me out drastically. But instead, I would scour magazines looking for news articles about Ed and Lorraine Warren because it made me feel comfortable that there was other people out there experiencing this type of phenomenon. And there was actually people out there that can come out there and kind of ghost bust. And at that time, I didn't even know what any of this meant. Um, but fast forward to uh, August 13th of 99, uh, I had a near-death experience. Uh, I saw what I believed to be heaven and hell, Satan in the hand of God. Um, uh, I asked to come back, as did many of the people were around me. Um, and I said that if you give me a platform, I'll speak. Um, and uh, I did. I got out of, they got out of that situation. Um, I got involved with ministry for a little bit. Um, the church really didn't appreciate my approach as far as me talking to people about ghosts, spirits, demons, afterlife. 
Um, so they were pretty like super, super conservative in how they wanted their approach at preaching. So I kind of got like slowly excommunicated and phased out of the whole process of working with small groups. Um, and uh, I, I, I soon after uh, I met Marie and um, she can probably take it from there. Um, my childhood was totally different. Um, I grew up in a Baptist um, home, uh, going to church probably, I think it was like four or five times a week. I was in a very Christian um, home, um, so I didn't really hear about ghosts or demons or anything like that. Um, if anyone knows about Baptists, they really don't talk about that kind of stuff, really. Um, so um, I uh, honestly, I, I think when I met Jay, um, it was really strange. He told me one of the stories that he actually experienced. Um, most of the time, I think I would look to anybody else that would have told me that. I'd be like, that person is such a liar. I'm running away from this person and never going to hang out with him. <laughs> right. They, um, his eyes, um, it was just you seeing the truth just pouring out of his eyes. Um, and it, it just it, it never ended. I, I honestly never met somebody that was so truthful um, with their face and eyes and everything. And it just, I, I believed him from the I mean, get-go. And plus, I have an autistic son from a previous um, relationship. And um, when I started um, Jay coming around and stuff, um, my son and him bonded um, because I guess what Jay was seeing, my autistic son was seeing. Um, before that, um, I always knew my son always said he's seen things or heard things, and I just assumed it was his autistic mental illness. Um, and, you know, it was that. Um, but when Jay started coming around, Jay was seeing the same thing. Um, my son started gravitating to Jay more and wanted to be around Jay a lot more. So I'm like, okay, wait a second. Mom's getting jealous. <laughs> That's my baby. Um, so I um, started learning a little bit more about the paranormal. Um, I think Jay and I started talking a little bit more about it. Um, at that time, my son's um, experiences started actually getting really, dem I mean, really horrible. Um, that's when he started actually, um, every night he would scream, um, so loud. I mean, I woke up almost every night with him screaming, like somebody was murdering him. Um, so we sort of had to like fight our own haunting in our own home. So it sort of got me into the paranormal, I guess, um, field a lot more because we had to deal with it in our own home. Um, we did reach out to, you know, yeah, we reached out to clergy and other groups um, back in the day. This is like <laughs> early 2000s, um, and then seeking advice and, and uh, religious um, help. And unfortunately, the clergy would be like, "Hey, I have fa I have a family. Um, this this is something that is beyond me." Um, teams um, weren't willing to help out because they felt that it was beyond them. I was angry at the time, but now I look back at all these years later and I put it in retrospect, like, "Wow, how responsible was it of them to say, hey, we couldn't do this because I think so often right. in this field we get to a point to where oh yeah we'll do it of course we'll do it because it's it's become a competition in the field so I look at it now I go wow thank God they did that because it could have been much worse but what it did is it sent Marie and I on our journey together in forming Crossing Over Paranormal Society the cops group because we wanted to be that group that instead of saying no or we couldn't um, we'd say yes in the face of all evils and and whatnot, what they were dealing with. Um, and, uh, you know, we do a lot of outreach to other teams and stuff like that if we don't have the answers, because we don't. But that's kind of how it all started. It was, it was with their own haunting. And we're still haunted today. Um, I mean, we, we, we consider ourselves haunted survivors, uh, and that's for a reason. 
Um, even as recently as last night, we were having issues in the house um, and getting woken up by spirit. Um, you know, we, uh, we have a lot of that. So with that being said, that comes a lot of the stories that we're able to tell at a lot of the conventions and lectures that we appear at is talking about some of these hauntings. A lot of these things travel with us back home, and that's kind of our approach to assisting a lot of people, whether it's your business or your, um, you know, your private residential home. So you, you guys having experiences at home and stuff like you do, um, and you've obviously had that for years. Uh, any of your investigations that you've had, do you, have you ever picked up maybe a spirit that had followed you home and you could say that was that bad investigation or, you know, that's the one we ran out of there. I mean, have you ever had that experience? Oh, Oh, yeah. Many like, times. Yeah, so many times I couldn't count. But one of the most profound was, uh, and we've taken hundreds and hundreds of cases. And in, in this one particular case, uh, we we did deem it as a, a demonic case. Now, I don't throw that around that word around loosely. Um, I think that it, it's too commonly used in the field. Um, mm-hmm. Demonic cases are rare, uh, in my personal opinion. Um, we've had a handful um, out of hundreds that, that we consider even remotely close to that. But this was a true deal. And um, we had done, we had our um, our reverend with us and he had done a full cleansing of this home that was having some really dark stuff happening. Um, and uh, we, we end up leaving and we come home and my babysitter, we come home to a scared babysitter, which is my my niece. And she's like, she's curled up in a ball on the couch and she like runs for the door, grabs her keys and bye uncle Jay, bye aunt Marie. And she like leaves and we're like, Oh wow. Were we late? Or like what happened? You know? And, um, we, I walked into the bedroom and in my bird, uh, my bird cage, everything, uh, in the bird cage was upside down. There was water and bird seed all over the floor. And as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Marie calls, um, not her niece, but her sister, and asks, like, hey, what's going on? Like, what happened with, you know, um, well, with her tonight? Like, did she call you? She said something went wrong. And so what pretty much happened was the same time and hour that my um, reverend was performing the uh, blessing of the home, 
Um, she reported that it sounded like the bird cage was being slammed up against the wall in her house. Um, and the bird screaming. Now the bird wasn't hurt. Um, probably terrified. I mean, it lived many, many, many years. After I can't that. believe how long that. I know was. it lived for a very long time. Um, but uh, it, it's uh, and that was the beginning of a lot. Um, flash forward to about a month later, we were revisiting the home because uh, the family had not followed the instructions in which we gave them and kind of reinvited these things back into the home. So we agreed to go back out there. <clears throat> it was a day that Marie and I both had off of work. And uh, throughout the day, we knew we were going to go do this investigation once again, and we were bringing out clergy and everything. Um, and uh, Marie progressively got sick and, and more and more weak and ill. Um, so as it got later in the evening, I started loading up the car with all of the equipment that we used to use. We used to use tons of stuff. I mean, it's a very small amount that we use now. But um, we, I was just loading up the car. Each time I went back up to the house to get in the house to open the door, the door was locked. So I thought Marie was upset because I was still intending on going on this investigation. So I figured she was locking the door behind me to let me know she was really, really fired up. So uh, I, I tried to communicate with her. She wasn't really responding. She had passed out. I was like, this is weird, you know. So um, I, I come back in the house. Everything's packed. And I'm I'm getting um, a lot, a last few things, car keys or something off the counter in my bathroom or my bedroom. And as I'm walking out, I have a, a box full of business cards, about 200 cards. I see them literally lift up off my desk and get thrown across the room right in front of me. Now, it's been very few times I've seen Levitation, the paranormal film, but every time I've seen it, I scream like a little girl. And, uh, you know, I've lost it, to be completely honest with you. And I couldn't believe that I literally saw this because that's just, no matter how many times you've seen Levitation, when you see it, I mean, that's a remarkable thing. It scares the heck out of you. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I walk out of the room. I call my reverend. I say, hey, man, I said, I think this thing's in my house. It ain't even at the client's house. I think this thing has followed me home, and it's messing with me and my family. Uh, and about that time, um, like he had told me to, he's like, why don't you do this with your house and, and pray this way or do whatever. And as I was starting to do that, and as he instructed, uh, I started hearing an electronic voice traveling all the way around the house. And it sounded almost like an ovulus. But it was just like chasing around the, the roof of our house, and it sounded like a bowling ball hitting our roof. Um, and it was this male voice just talking, just having a conversation. It was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Freaked me out. Um, I, I, and I'm praying this prayer that he told me to pray. I, I had this jar of holy water he gave me in my hand. And um, Marie, out of nowhere, she jumps up, and she's screaming at me as I say, Jesus. She's like talking in a male voice. And saying, you know, Jesus, who is this Jesus? And I'm like, what the heck? You know, like <laughs> scared the heck out of me. And she, she's screaming about God and Jesus and all this. Stuff. She's not herself. Her eyes have just darkened. Her teeth, she's snarling at me. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like my wife's going to kill me. I don't know what's going on, and I can't control this. So I literally, like, you know, and I've seen my reverend do stuff with holy water before. And I didn't know what to do, so I panicked, and I laughed about it now. But I dumped a whole jar of holy water over her head. And uh, when I did, she collapsed to the bed. She collapsed to the bed. And within two seconds, she woke up screaming, why am I wet? Why am I wet? And she didn't even know what had happened. Oh, no, I wasn't really cared about how I was wet. It was just my hair was wet. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she had no <laughs> recollection. She had no recollection of what had just happened. So it was a really eye-opening experience for us as paranormal investigators and how these things do travel 
um, you know, back home than that, you know, some of these things know before you're even coming, you know, the, they're, they're very intelligent. Some of these spirits, entities, or, or, or things that we deal with in the field that uh, they're not all just residual energies and stuff. Some of these things are highly intelligent and they know you're coming before you even get there. And uh, it was just a huge wake up call for me. Um, and it kind of changed our direction and, and how we dealt with things because I would notice when I would talk with this particular client, terrible things would happen in my life immediately. Like my kids being, you know, like would completely like something would happen, like this crazy situation to the point to where I started backing up off cases. Marie actually stepped out of the field for a little bit because we were like, what the heck, you know, like, I mean, how can we help people if when we try to help people, these darker forces are literally trying to destroy our own personal lives. Um, and we, what happened with this particular case and what I can say happily now is, is that, um, it literally changed several dozen family members' lives. Um, an old pastor who used to be a pastor who walked away from the church and his faith um, regained his faith uh, in God and the church. He rejoined the church. Um, he started his own ministry again. It affected hundreds of people. So these dark forces knew our presence was going to do something for the better good, and they wanted nothing more than to take us out and scare us away. So Marie and I decided from that moment on, that we, we, we weren't going to cower. We weren't going to take a step back. We were just going to go full bore. And the only protection we say that we use is our faith in God. We don't use crystals, protections, really prayers or anything like that. We're legitimately going in there knowing in faith that God will watch over us and protect us and our family as we do this. Now, that doesn't mean that Marie doesn't get jacked up, scratched, or I don't get scratched or cut up or beat up or, you know, have attachments. But, uh, it's definitely it's it's been the way that we do it and i don't recommend it for everybody but it works for us and it's been like, pretty much what i say is our trials and tribulations have become our clients testimonies so we'll we'll bear that problem so if that means that we end up inheriting unfortunately an attachment we'll work through it we, you know yeah. to the point to where we don't have to worry about it anymore and, and it will help alleviate their own problems but that's just our approach that's what we do so, well, that's good. I mean, um, I myself have had a little instant with uh, with some attachments as well. So I don't know that I would have handled it exactly as well as you, but um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have screamed too when I, when my business cards levitated off the desk. That that would have been over for yeah, me. Yeah, something right? else, that, man. I tell you what, that levitation gets me every single time. I can't. I don't know what it is. It's it's a sense of excitement, fear, and just disbelief. I think all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> How can this be happening? It just no yeah, physical way. Know, and I'm a very logical thinker. I did ten years law enforcement. And with that, I'm very skeptical in everything I hear, and I do that with intent because I really want to find truth, and I want to find understanding for the clients that we serve. Um, I'm not ever out there trying to disprove their haunting I, because then, like we always say, like these clients, they reach out to you, right? And we as investigators, we show up. We investigate for four, six, maybe eight hours. We set up all this gear, and then we don't catch anything. Well, then you go to the client, you say, hey, I didn't catch anything. Well, these, these, some of these people live in these same houses or they've worked in these buildings for 20, 30 years, and these things only happen every once in a while. But when you do finally get that, you know, that holy grail, and I thought that first time when I caught it where I was like, oh, this is a smoking gun, and I showed it to the client. I said, here's the photo of the apparition. Here's the audio recording, and here's the experience on video when it all happened. And I thought that was going to solve the problem. And I remember submitting it, and they said, oh, wow. 
you did, you did, you got it. And then they were like, okay, well, now what? And I thought to myself, wow, that's a really good freaking question. So, I mean, it's, so Marie and I have now become the now what is what we say. So we spend a lot of time doing consultations and just talking with people, oftentimes not even investigating locations, but really just sitting down, speaking with them, talking to them about things that they can do to lower or lessen or eliminate the activity in their homes. Very simple things. Um, and um, it, we've had a really good run at it. So, um, but we, we've made really good friends. So, I mean, for example, our uh, client coordinator that deals with all of our cases and talks to all these people all over the place um, who, who gets really slammed with a lot of these cases that we have coming through. She's our previous client. I mean, uh, she was someone that she needed help and we reached out and helped her. And from there we sparked a really good friendship and a bond. Um, and now for the past, geez, four or five years wow. now, she's been our um, case coordinator. So um, it just definitely, uh, it's definitely interesting. So when you call cops crew, <laughs> and you ask to talk with us, you're going to be talking to one of our previous clients. So um, <laughs> not intentional. It just kind of happened that way. We had the same thing with our team. Um, we actually done an investigation of Poly Jail in Union Springs, Alabama. And we were mm -hmm. we were treating it as an event. And we were trying to bring some some uh, some notoriety to the town of union springs and the and the museum so we did a a tag along situation and one of the tag alongs that came along was one of our previous clients and so oh. she uh and now she had a negative uh interest i mean her house was um was a, was probably our first um I won't call it demonic, but it was really close and it's really, it was really super negative. And, um, but her, her idea, the thing is, well, I live with paranormal activity every day. Why not, you know, go to a place where it's different, you know, maybe. <laughs> <Exactly>. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, she, uh, she's kind of an investigator in training and she helps out with the um, a lot of other things that our group does. So uh, I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, when when uh, a client feels like they can trust you guys enough that they're just going to come and join your team and uh, help you guys out because you've helped them. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you guys do tours as well. Yeah, we host we host several um, public ghost hunts. Um, in the state of Arizona. Um, so like right now we have one coming up in a couple weeks at the uh, Sun Studio of Arizona. Um, it's a production, a video, audio recording studio um, that recently started having like some crazy paranormal uh, phenomenon happening um, with alarms going off, motion sensors, shadows, um, the feeling of being watched, um, all these different things. Um, and they uh, they called us in to investigate, and, and uh, we've had so many people reach out to us that wanted to join the hunt with us, like, and go in cold uh, case, so we kind of opened this one up to the public. We've never been in to investigate it, but we're inviting the public um, out there with us to join us on the first investigation uh, of the location to kind of give them an inside look at what it is that we're really doing, how we do it, and how we determine what a haunting is and, and whatnot, but that's the one we have coming up. We have several coming um, in Arizona throughout the, the course of the year. I've um, been working a lot with uh, Vulture City Mines. Uh, Vulture City was featured on Travel Channel, Ghost Adventures, 
Um, and uh, it's a great location. Um, we have full exclusivity to the um, to the town. Um, we're doing a lot of great things out there, a lot of investigations. We're bringing the public out onto a few of those investigations. Or actually, in a couple months, we're doing a like an overnight camp out. So you can literally lock down in the entire ghost town um, for the evening um, and be able to stay in some of the, uh, the old buildings, the Bordello, the, uh, the kitchen house. What's the other one, Marie? Bunkhouse. The bunkhouse. The, uh, the Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like entire town. Um, and, and we're doing that out there. We just like to bring, when we do events, we like to bring them with as much authenticity as we possibly can. We want people to see like what it's all about. We don't, we don't do tours um, and structure them as a tour. Um, we, we literally um, have our team come out and show them how to use equipment if they want to. When we have experienced teams come out, we kind of let them do their own thing um, under the supervision of like our team. As long as everyone's being safe, we don't really care, you know, and not making unwise choices. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've been doing a lot of that. Um, but, uh, they've been fun. We've met a lot of people. We've met team members from the events as you were speaking to, um, like these public events where, you know, you get to know these people because they continue to come out to your stuff and you realize that, wow, this person's a really good fit. And I encourage people, um, wherever you're at and wherever you're listening, there's, there's public co-stunts everywhere. Uh, and it's a great opportunity for novice investigators to go out there and check them out and see, you know what it's like because you may even think once you go on one of them you might say hey this is boring <laughs> i don't want nothing to do with this or you might catch that bug where you want to be an investigator and you want to maybe tag along with the team but that's some of the best ways of doing it out there these days at least yeah um, yeah exactly uh I, I love that idea of and that's some things that we're getting into as well um kind of bringing um people into the field that um Exactly like you said, showing them how this stuff works, you know, how you set up, how you come to evaluate the whole situation and, and investigate. Because honestly speaking, um, some of the, the TV shows that's on um, kind of doesn't exactly portray the <clears> – <throat> you might set six, eight hours, ten hours at an investigation and get absolutely nothing. And uh, and oh, we've done that. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, people turn around and watch TV and I'm I'm not trying to knock anybody's stuff, but they turn around, and watch TV and say, well, they got that, you know, that. And but who knows, <laughs> they could have been there 26 hours or whatever, you know, before they got this stuff. So all of it's edited. Well, that's that's and, the problem. People don't realize, you know, and us doing a lot of television. I mean, some of those bigger teams out there doing these uh, TV shows, I mean, they're not realizing that uh, the production shows up like for like five or six days on location. They're filming multiple days, not just one night. I mean, they have like several, several dozens of hours of video to go through. So it's not um, always as it appears, um, let's say on television. So they literally might have three days of videos rolling um, with well, 25 people have to remember. Cameras. People have to remember the TV is for entertainment. I mean, that's what people mm -hmm. really want. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't think too many people um, would sit down and just watch a paranormal investigators investigating because probably more than 10 hours of it, you'd be just seeing <laughs> us sitting there with nothing. So, I mean, exactly. a lot of times it's, that's why, yeah, it'd be like paint drying. You're just watching it. So, <laughs> I mean, that's why the, the TV shows are all entertainment. 
Sure. You know, and obviously, I mean, they have to condense. I mean, for sake of television, let's say, for example, like Bill's Adventures, we work with them multiple times. Um, we worked with them recently, uh, be airing, I think, the first part of March um, in a case out in Yuma, one of the most craziest cases we've taken in a long time. But, uh, you know, I mean, they, they, they only have an hour show, and 15 minutes of that hour is dedicated to commercials. So that leaves you with 45 minutes to where you have to shove, you know, all this content into. So uh, it's definitely um, – they don't want to show – you know, the team setting up all these cameras and how they just sat there for 24 hours. People want to see the experiences. They want to see the human experience. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, like, for example, like Zach freaking out because an extension cord touched him that was hanging down. Now, that may not have been paranormal, but it was sure the heck was entertaining for the guy watching it, laughing at Zach running down the hallway. And he knows it. I mean, it's all part. It's all part of the. It's all part of the drama. It's all part of the show. It's not that he's faking that there was something there. It's that you know that I mean, it's a human reaction. I mean, I get scared all the time over stupid stuff, and you see me running around like a moron, and it has nothing to do with paranormal. It's just your mind plays tricks with you sometimes when you spend enough time in a dark room. Um, but uh, and you know, like with these, you know, like the show we do, uh, Haunted Case Files. Um, this season we had a total of what six episodes. Still got three more, I, I think, that are going to be airing. Um, you know, wow. you're talking about. You're like four or five dozen cases that you have to pick from, um, you know, of which ones you want to use. Um, you're you're going to pick those. If you only have six to choose from out of those several dozen, you're going to pick your most horrific, scariest moments because really that's, that's what entertains the audience. That's what they want to hear. It's not that we're elaborating anything. It's just that, you know, you're going to search through, you don't want to tell them about that nice, that nice Casper ghost that came by and, you know, gave you a positive message because generally Production doesn't want it, and the network's not going <laughs> to buy it. So, I mean, that's just the reality of we it. We always get that asked almost everywhere we go. I mean, is it only bad ghosts that you guys experience? Because that's all you guys talk about. I'm like, oh, no, I will say most of my cases are good. I mean, it's really good uh, experiences with spirits and all that kind of stuff. But no one ever wants to hear about it. <laughs> They want to right. hear about the time that you got scratched or you screamed or you ran out or something followed you home or, you know, that's the stuff people always want to hear about. It's very rare. Anybody wants to hear about the good things. So, yeah, so we're forced to cherry pick when we do this, the haunted case files or any show of storytelling is to really cherry pick those ones that are truly, truly frightening um, to where we think that, you know, people would be more interested in, in listening to. But, but then of course there is that audience that would be like, Oh, I would love to watch something about nice friendly ghosts. And that, you know, there is a market for it, but it's just, it's, unfortunately it's very small in comparison to the ones that want to see you running out of a building screaming. 
<laughs> so what does that say about America? I mean, really. Exactly. They want to see the yeah, negative yeah, stuff and, and all the horrific yeah, exactly, stuff. exactly. You know, and, and, and one of the things that we pride ourselves in is anything that we put out there, um, it's 100%, um, as, as what we're saying. So anything we're saying on TV, what's coming out of our mouth, uh, as, as opposed to what you might be seeing on the actual screen, <laughs> because there's been a couple of shows that we've been involved with over the years to where we're saying something and there's a reenactment happening on the screen that's not the same thing we're talking about. So, I mean, you have to really watch that when you're watching these shows and stuff. But, I mean, Marie and I, you know, our our credibility is everything. So there's been many of times, um, years ago, especially when we first started doing TV, to where we we literally, Marie, I remember one time, Marie literally walked off the soundstage. Like, we we were out filming in Los Angeles, and she literally got up and walked off. And I hear all the guys in production screaming, like, oh, my God, like, she's not going to film? Like, what's going on? And, like... Because they were trying to get her to say something that wasn't truthful, and uh, she was not having it. So um, I can tell you that in recent productions, like Marie and I, we, we've gotten into these little, you know, <laughs> funny bet. We make them funny with the, the directors and stuff, but we're like, hey, man, you can't handle the truth. Like, this is what happened. Like, you know, I, I love my, that movie, that movie that came out. What is it? Um, it has that saying in it. Well, you, you can't handle, handle the, the truth. Few men or something. Yeah. I, I take that saying all the time now. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, because. But we joke around yeah, because they're, so, they're around. so used to people are feeding into that where that doom and the gloom and stuff like Marie and I, we're not those people. We're not going to do it. Um, as far as like the story is the story. We're just going to tell you how it was. I'm not, not everything is a demon. Like a lot of people like to say, I'm sorry to say people are bad in the real world. Well, when they pass away, they're bad people, <laughs> even right. in the afterlife. Ghost, so ghosts are people too. So yeah. And so it's not always, even though stuff are happening bad around you, it ain't because it's the demon. I mean, it could be just that person's a mean person in yeah. the spirit world. So, and you're getting it. Well, I agree. Not everything's a demon. In fact, like you were saying earlier, I mean, super, super low chances of even ever coming in contact with a demon. And um, no, I mean, it's very rare. It's very, in, in, the, in the demonic cases, people don't realize. I mean, like, I mean, it, it's when you're finally on to it, like you don't have to go get a research and research a book to figure it out. I mean, you'll know it once you're on a demonic case. And my experience is once I've been on a demonic case, like my life was falling apart before I even showed up to that case. And things that happen that are so personal in your own life by being involved with that case completely. I mean, it, it's very clear. Are you guys there? Yeah, we're here. I'm sorry. My phone's oh, okay. now, I believe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I'd... <laughs> uh, I... I agree uh, totally. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of sad that we're to a point to where everybody wants the negative instead of the positive stuff. Um, when you're in this field as paranormal investigators and you set out to help people, uh, families, um, entire groups and towns and things like that. Um, the first thing they say is, you know, well, is that a demon or is that negative or this and that? And you have, when you do have someone to come up that says, um, well, maybe that guy was just not happy. You know, maybe that ghost mm-hmm. was a person that wasn't happy and, um, 
they're not really trying to hurt nobody or scare anybody or anything like that. So maybe right. that's a good side of the negative, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I always said I had this one aunt that um, I had actually two aunts. One that when you went to go get her hair, you do your hair, she pulled the crap out of your hair. It was just <laughs> like you knew you were going to go out with ble- bleeding scalp. And then I had the other aunt that was so tender and nice. So I always say that. That's how it is with a ghost. I mean, they might not potentially grind or hurt you, but they were sort of very, not very happy people in life. They're not going to be happy in the afterlife either. Right. That's, that's so common, the misconception, is that the moment that someone hears a growl come through an audio recorder or uh, oh, someone had three uh, consecutive scratch marks, which means that it's a mocking of the Holy Trinity. Um, I can tell you Marie has been attacked. I can't even count how many times. I mean, countless times on investigation. But I don't call those all attacks. We, we call them communication. I Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm in there asking for the, uh, the spirit world to communicate with me. Go ahead, touch me, everything. Well, it's touching me. I mean, you don't know how many minutes after I say um, – Hey, do you want to communicate with me? I give you permission to touch me. Well, it could be 10, 15 minutes. They finally got my, what I said to them and I'm walking out of the room already. Well, maybe they're trying to reach out to you and touch you. And you don't know what that, you know, what's going to be. It could be like, maybe I'm allergic to the spirit world. (laughs) Like, I mean, people might be allergic to nuts and, you know, berries and stuff. I could be allergic. That's the reason every time they even try to touch me, I, I get red or I have marks on me and stuff like that. I mean, people really don't know. And I mean, there are some cases I will say that I know it was bad and someone was trying to intentionally hurt me, but it's the experience when you're actually feeling it. But some cases you're not, it, I think it's you're asking for them to reach out to you and they are. Um, so I think a lot of people just need to know what experience you're having at the time of the um, well, they want to call attack. I just say communication. Yeah, I mean, and the reality is, even as investigators, this experience, investigators have been doing it forever, been living through it forever, is that we really don't know paranormal side effects. We don't know if there is side effects of the paranormal. We know that we can we can gain possible attachments. We know that we've seen people become very depressed when they've gotten themselves too involved in the field. People becoming obsessed. Uh, family members, you know, are uh, divorces. I know many people have divorces. We've seen tragedies happen in the paranormal community where there's been even murders um, with investigators. Now, is it because of the field? I mean, are, are, are they, uh, you know, are we building up all these things and we're not properly releasing them? We, we don't know. We don't know the paranormal side effects. We don't know how it affects our daily life. I mean, we are haunted on a regular basis, and I couldn't even give you that answer 100%. But, I mean, some people legitimately, I think, don't, don't really understand that when they do get, like Marie said, you know, they get these scratches in their back. The spirits are trying to reach out to you and talk, and you just walked out of the other room because you didn't get a response quick enough. And they think you're the one that's rude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well true. I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I believe, and I've seen this through investigating, spirits have a a, a hard time contacting this this side this the this side of the veil, and right how much energy do they actually have to to push to be able to reach across the veil? They may be just not trying to hurt anybody or scratch anybody. Like you said, they're just trying to communicate and it just came across a little harshly. 
and you know so yeah almost like they're blindly reaching through that veil and sometimes not even knowing what it is that they're you know fully reaching out to and just the same as sometimes it takes what you know like you've been in locations i'm sure where you know you sit there for 20 minutes trying to communicate with these things and nothing's happening and then all of a sudden your team you know you guys get this talking and joking around about something else and now all of a sudden the activity started now you have to question well why did that activity all of a sudden just start happening well, I believe that we use like emotional energies when we investigate, like Marie and I do. We use fear, we use anxiety, we use laughter, um, sadness, and we do it sometimes with intent to help with manifestations. But oftentimes in cases, if you could ever like look back, but for me, um, but we recently had a situation. We were doing actually a public ghost hunt um, at, at the Chandler Music Store, and like there was nothing going on. It was dead. And we started talking and laughing and cutting up, whatever, immediately. Every bit of the, uh, the devices we had out started lighting up. We started asking questions. We were getting intelligent responses. Got a whole story in 20 minutes full of communication when there wasn't none before that. And really what that is, I think, is like sometimes we feed, you know, our emotions into these environments. Sometimes ghosts might be standoffish because we're a little too serious. We're a little too pushy. Like, what is your name? Tell me your name. Right. Or I'm leaving, you know, and they're probably like, well, then go. I don't want to talk to you. You know what I mean? I mean, bring bring in like humor and and, and comedy and just being yourself. Um, It affects living people positively um, generally. So why would it not affect those that are dead that once were human living bodies just like we are today? Right. Agreed. Um, I do know. And I've talked to several people and run into cases myself that there are there is a negative side. And and I think Miss Mary can can vouch for that when when you incorporate so many negative things trying to get um, a response. You know, you're chastising these spirits, you're calling them out, you're, you know, you're saying hideous things that you wouldn't say to your neighbor or something standing right next to you, trying to get these people to say, to reach out to you and, and touch you or tell you their name or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I think that when this is kind of pushed into the spirit world, we pick up on the wrong spirits at that point, and that's when it really becomes negative. Definitely. No, that's a valid, that's a valid observation, in my opinion. I mean, um, you know, like, you, know, you, you get what you put out there, I guess you could say. So, And that goes all back to intent, you know, like, why are we investigating? Some of us have ulterior motives while we're investigating. Some people might be investigating because they want answers to the questions that they personally have. Maybe they want to help out a client. Um, or maybe they want the, the next TV show deal. Um, and, and I mean, I think spirits recognize the intent of us being out there. Um, and, uh, you know, if we're selfishly just trying to go out there to communicate with them, um, you might get a response. It may not be the one you want. I mean, it could lead you falling downstairs, getting hurt yourself, having an attachment that lasts for six months that might lead to depression, anxiety, and all kinds of problems in your own personal life, you know. So that is a really good observation. I absolutely agree with that. I think a lot more people need to, um, like, stop back and look at those different options of everything. I mean, because you don't know what the time zone is in the the spirit world. I know a lot of people are doing a lot more research and everything into it and everything. I know um, when our team are, like, well, Jay and I will be in a room, and we're, like, doing an um, EVP, um, and we're asking it a question. Well, then we leave maybe 30 minutes later, another team 
of our uh, two other team members, one in the same room, started asking questions, but they got an answer on their EVP was something that actually matched us. So a lot of people need to realize, I mean, if you're really doing the whole investigation, really start focusing on the whole thing of the research of it all. Because I've noticed a lot of our EVPs are answered way past the time where everybody thinks, oh, as soon as you answer, you know, paranormal time. We don't know what that is, to be honest with you. Don't get me wrong. We've had, we've asked questions and it happened right away where it's answered. Yes. Um, A lot of times. But I will tell you, a lot of our EVPs, it's about 30 minutes, sometimes to an hour past. Um, And we've seen that quite a bit. So I think a lot of people need to reach back and see all the different things there is about the whole paranormal community. Now, shotgunning questions never really helps anybody. If you started communicating with your neighbor and started shotgunning questions, I'm pretty sure they probably would think you're a crazy person and wouldn't want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, right. We sure. always try when we're out with our, when we're out with like groups of people doing investigations, we're always the type, we don't make everybody sit down and do what we want to do. We always tell them, what do you guys feel like, blah, blah, blah. But we always try to tell them, if you're going to sit and ask questions, stop count to like 20 and let them answer it. <laughs> I mean, let it sit there for a minute, you know, with dead silence. Um, I always tell people, I love, my favorite thing about investigating is going into a room all by myself in the dark, turning the um, recorder on and not saying a thing. I might introduce myself and tell them I'm not here to hurt, harm you. I'm just here to communicate. Um, I'll tell you a couple things about myself. So, and then just, Stay quiet for myself for a while. Um, and I've noticed I've caught a lot more stuff doing it that way rather than constantly asking questions. Yeah, I agree. Um, we had, we, we helped the Alabama um, Historical Commission. Every October, we help them do a haunted history tour at Old Cahaba. And we go along with a couple other teams and set up in the slave quarters. Well, they have these groups that purchased the ticket for them to raise money with come through. And sometimes there's 50, 60, 70 people at the time. Well, the slave quarters is two stories. Normally we're set up in a room up top. There's a paranormal uh, a group in, in another room and one down. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stairs. So these guys come through and use our equipment. We explain how this works and, and kind of ways that we do things. And there's so, 
so many people that come through and say, well, can we do an EVP? Well, sure, you know, here's an EVP recorder. And they start asking questions. Well, of course, their questioning is way off the mat. Um, you would have to do right. the research first to be, you know, to mm -hmm. be able to do an EVP session. I mean, there's just no getting out of that. Um, you know, there was people asking questions like, um, do you know Elvis? Um, things like that. We, <laughs> um, that we've had people asked um, who who shot John F. Kennedy and and just off the wall questions. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I said, OK, look, I said, y'all think about where you are. You're in a slave quarters. You're in a slave's house. Think about the time period this was. So why would you think that they know Elvis? Or why would you think they could <laughs> see through the veil just to see who shot Robert Kennedy? And <laughs> I mean, you know, that's just not the way things work and we don't do them that way. So we're here to show you the correct way. Well, then they get to, well, that's not real fun. Okay, well, you see how <laughs> yep. paranormal investigations actually is sure a lot of times it's not fun standing in the dark for three hours and and uh not getting a thing the k2 doesn't even light up for three hours or something you know and sure you have to be a dedicated paranormal investigator in order to do that and uh you know oh, so these people great. get to yeah these people get to see that side of it and and i agree that some of those questions, and of course, they're rapid fire with these questions. You know, who you are, who are you, how old, how old are you, is is one of the top five questions. And um, do you guys ever use uh, the K two for a question and answer session? Uh, we do, but we like to back it up with like other gadgets and stuff um, sure. to see like what we what we get. Um, we will throw a K2 out and a REM pod or something and do some form of communication between both. And, you know, and we've developed some really good conversation, but that takes, it usually takes quite a long time to build up to that point to where you're actually appearing to get. See, I'm really, I, I'm me and equipment. I'm very, I've noticed, and this is a lot of people need to know about like TV and stuff, especially with people that you're going out with investigating. And once you see on TV are, paranormal investigators that probably have attachments themselves a lot of times um like jay and i, I have attachments so when we go out to an investigation somewhere it might not be anything in that building and it's coming off jay and i so when we have equipment around us it might not be the building it could be us people always wonder why if they bring the equipment around us it always goes off well usually because we always have something with us just like Zach, I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of people need to realize Zach has a lot of attachments. I mean, so when he is out on all these different cases, what do you think he has? Um, these things are lighting up or he's catching things because he has those attachments. Um, Nick, um, Gross, same thing. I mean, it just, if you really, I mean, watch and follow some of them. I mean, if you actually like really read into the actual um, investigators' um, names and read into their stories, a lot of them actually really have these in-depth stories of what their attachments and their past was. So, I mean, I always tell people, sometimes when we're going in these um, buildings, I'm not saying they're not haunted, but sometimes when we're putting this equipment down, it's not responding to our questions and stuff. It could be something that 
somebody brought into the um, thing. So when you get 20 people, sometimes one of those people might have brought something with them. And you get that a lot on the public ghost hunts. We tend to get a lot more activity with our instruments and our toys that we bring out in the field to kind of indicate spirit energy when we have more people there. And we believe that is true to point that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of us un, unknowingly carry attachments and we have things around us that we're unaware of. And then you put 20 of them all in an event inside of a basement somewhere, all these things start going off like crazy. It looks like Christmas with all these lights. But I mean, the reality is uh, 50% is probably cell phones and Wi-Fi, and the other is attachment. Well, we always tell people, <laughs> right. like a lot of people want to keep their cell phones on because they want to do live um, Facebook or they want to take pictures. Or a lot of these people have this, um, all the, um, you know, equipment now on their phones um, and all those apps now, those um, and all that. And I'm not saying none of them are, you know, some of them, you know, you could do and everything, but you're not realizing how much your cell phone or your tablet is actually sending off to this other equipment. So, I mean, I just see people, I'm very, I'm the type, like, okay, hold off. I'm not saying there's not nothing here, but let's, you know, try other stuff to try to, you know, try to debunk it. I'm always the first one that's going to debunk everything. And usually I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) We were filming filming recently uh, for a haunted case file, and I was telling my story um, about some tunnels that we, uh, there were some opium dens that we had investigated and uh, I felt I had a very legitimate paranormal experience, and I was telling my story, and Marie was kind of off camera a little bit. And uh, Marie's like, oh, that's bull crap. I guarantee you that wasn't this. And I was like, Marie, what are you doing? We're supposed to be supportive of one another. But the, the reality is what makes a good team is to have that skepticism from the other party. But the director was so thrown off guard that I can't believe your guys' honesty was that, like, for me, I really thought, I, and I still stand by that, that what – I had this experience, but Marie felt it was something else. It was a, um, a more natural occurring uh, situation, which made me startled um, and had this experience. There's too many. It's just above the city now. I mean, there's too much going on for it to say, oh, it's paranormal. I'm sorry. So I'm going to be the one that's going to, and don't get me wrong, I have a lot of stuff that happens. And I know there's, I mean, I know that there's a spirit world. I know things are getting attached to you. I know things can touch you. I know things... You can hear things, see things, all that. But I'm going to tell you probably 90% of the time, it is not nothing else. But just your house creaking and noises outside, your dog making weird noises while they're sleeping. You know, it's just weird stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Um, Mary, when you were investigating, and I know you were on a haunting um, a few years back, but when you guys were investigating, what kind of, how often did you come across the negative spirit or a demon? Well, a demon is far and few in between. Um, a lot of negative entities. And like they were saying, you know, uh, in life, if someone was a real, you know, putz head, they're going to be a putz head after life, too. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, a lot of negative stuff, but uh, demonic was very rare, very rare. And we had a ton of cases. And uh, so you guys investigated, and did you do EVPs just like uh, we do? Or, I mean, I, I really don't know exactly how you guys investigated, but do you find the same, you found the same things out that Jay and Marie did whenever they started out? Yeah, well, I never used the equipment. I was the equipment. 
Um, in fact, they wouldn't let me near cameras or anything because batteries would blow and and uh, equipment will malfunction. And so I had to rely uh, strictly on my gut and stuff um, of what was going on, which kind of parallel to what they found out um, through the equipment. So it was kind of That's a hand in hand kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, we never uh, provocated anything. I mean, our thing was respect and, you know, like you would respect someone in life. You have to respect the spirit world too. You really do. I agree. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I wanted your input on that. We were, I know we were talking about, you know, gathering evidence and things. Um, when the very first time that we done the, um, the public event at Cahaba, and Marie, you were talking about on the cell phones and stuff. When these this group, I guess there was 35 people came into the room. Now you're figuring this one room about the size of a large bedroom. Okay, there's people against the wall. They're, you know, I'm on one side and this is the first time that I'm actually uh, talking to these people. And I started about an EVP. And the next thing I know when I look up, I bet there's 25 phones taking pictures and flashing and stuff. And I'm the K2 <laughs> is going off and uh, the mail meter behind me is like melting on the wall. And I'm like, good God, people, you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and you have that many people taking that many pictures all at one time. I mean, you know, I almost had to go sit down because of all the sunspots. And uh, so... <laughs> So when, when you, do you tell people when you're doing these events, um, I, y'all, are y'all getting ready to do Slaughterhouse or did y'all do Slaughterhouse? Um, um, uh, Doug McCarnahan, he's putting that one on. We're, we're appearing at with him. Um, that's in Tucson, the 23rd of February, I believe. Right. Um, no, we've I never actually, investigated it ourselves yet. Um, I know um, we've seen the episode of Ghost Avengers. Um, and I know we've had a couple other um, investigators here in Arizona that's investigated it. Um, and we try not to hear other people's experiences. Um, it's just something we try not to. I think when you hear all about all that kind of stuff, I think it's in your mind and you're, you know, going in there. So I try to go in there with a clear mind, to be honest with you. And that's the sure. positive thing I have in a case organizer, too, is because I can really limit what the knowledge I have on an investigation before going into it. When prior to us having a case organizer, it was all me. So me going into a location, I found myself being more paranoid um, and more waiting for these things to happen. When it was, We had much more positive results and much more um, real evidence gained um, by going in there not knowing all the information because sometimes I think having all that information – definitely alters the direction of the investigation. Um, what if you just kind of go in there blindly? I think that sometimes you have a better shot of catching I mean, quality. It's totally different with a residential home. I mean, that's, Jay and I totally do it differently um, with residentials. Um, we actually meet with the family. Um, we do a lot more other research and um, the um, our case manager um, goes in depth completely um, before we even call the families anymore. Um, I will honestly say, because, I mean, people don't realize what damage you can do by going and even talking to some of these families. They are saying that they have um, paranormal experience. I mean, you can really ruin someone's life. 
Um, so Jay and I take it really serious. Um, so, I mean, we actually we do very few residentials these days with doing so much television because the unfortunate uh, repercussion of us doing the television is, is that you get a lot of people reaching out to you um, that are saying, Hey, you know, would you come to my house and, and have it featured on uh, maybe haunted case files right. or another show. Uh, and it kind of ruins the um, quality of the investigation. Yeah. So oftentimes uh, these places don't even know if Marie and I will be the ones showing up. It might just be our teammates um, showing up um, and not us. So that way they're not expecting, um, you know, some kind of production type quality investigation that's going to land them, you know, in some book or something, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I mean, our, our purpose for going out there and helping families, especially um, is to, to bring back peace of mind um, uh, and to especially help children that struggled like I want. Well, to. a lot of people don't realize when you're actually dealing with a family, if you actually get through all the steps of finding out, you know, medical health, all that kind of stuff, what's going on there. And then we're able to go and talk to them. I mean, sometimes just talking to them is all. Some of these homes don't need anybody going in there and messing right. with equipment and going in there, stirring up anything. Um, all you need, they need is counseling. Um, help them to be able to learn how to live with what's in their home. Um, sometimes people realize think it's bad, but like we always say, most of the spirit world is good. Um, it's just people see it on TV, so they think it's bad. Um, right. So, I mean, it's more or less counseling a lot of these families now. So a lot of times it's not us even going to their home and investigating unless it's a really, you know, bad case and maybe we have to. Um, but a lot of times it's just counseling and talking to them. Well, when you sit down with a client and you put it in perspective and they tell you, you know, they're terrified because they're hearing footsteps and they're hearing a person's voice and, and these things they're telling you or they hear door slams um, or, or whatnot. When you really break it down to them and you say, okay, so you heard footsteps. I'll think about that. Can a footstep hurt you? You know, and you really start, you know, putting it into perspective because your mind plays hell with you when you're in these situations, when you're being haunted, um, and your mind just goes everywhere, and you're, like, terrified, and you're jumpy with everything. But when you really put it in perspective and you break it down for them, oftentimes after that brief conversation, they're like, oh, you know what? You're right. And oftentimes we, we encourage families. Um, you always see the same thing, or we do at least, with, with residential cases. Um, you know, eight times out of ten, you know, there's domestic violence happening in the home or there's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's different kinds of, um, you know, whether it's drug addiction, suicide, there's there's things going on inside the home. Mental illness. Mental illness. And, and these things are all, uh, we, we call we call these homes that we visit, we call them temples. And within that temple, uh, we explain to them that you have multiple windows and you've allowed multiple windows to be open, like to sin or to you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable to the other side and the more negative side of the other side, if you will. And uh, we explained to them how to shut those windows. And that's really like a, eliminating some of the screaming and the yelling and the fighting in the home can dramatically decrease the haunting. We've seen people that uh, started taking arguments outside the house um, and, and, you know, like activity has completely stopped inside their home because they're feeding these hauntings with this emotional energy, um, which is making it unbearable for them. But if they would just take it outside the house, then they wouldn't have the a lot of, and a lot of people don't realize a lot of these residential home calls are getting uh, these people have teenagers um you do not i You're i've raised three I, i've raised three teenage boys <laughs> boy there's a lot of energy that come off these boys <laughs> I, yeah. I can't even imagine a girl i mean it's a lot of energy and sometimes when you're feeding with that energy and then you're actually opening other things like arguments um 
I don't breakups and sadness and all that. You're bring, you could bring other stuff in there. So, I mean, that's where the counseling comes. And one thing I will say, Jay and I will never go into a home and tell them their house is not haunted. Um, we're not that kind. Um, I will honestly say there's a lot of homes I will actually tell Jay, oh, my God, that house is not haunted. It's just stuff that, you know, it's their house creaking and everything. But we try to talk to them about that stuff. So it ain't like, oh, I'm coming out to them. Because they honestly believe their house is haunted. I'm not going to call them a liar. Um, right. So I just, we teach them how things are causing you to think that way. Um, and there's a lot of people. And we tell them that, that they're not the only ones that um, because your house is settling, that you um, you hear other noises and stuff. And then when you start actually having that fear in your home, well, you can't open. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Something up in your home. Then after that fear enters in your home. So, I mean, that's one thing about us. Is, I mean, a big on counseling with other so we families. We see a lot of the residential cases. It turns out to be more like self-generated haunting is what we call them. Is that they've been self-generated by, uh, I guess you can, some religious people would call it sin or um, negative thinking or negative energy and stuff like that. So they've essentially created their own poltergeist within their own homes. But it's essentially their energy just bouncing around the house. It's a direct reflection of their own inner demons that they're facing. It's not a demon itself it's it's your own inner issues that you need to work out um and, and we direct people to different spiritual counselors for that or religious clergy um you know i'm a social worker by day essentially so i have a lot of different services that i could you know provide them as far as directions that they can go so, i mean uh, if it's us getting a case and we might think oh my goodness this is gonna be one heck of a case and us paranormal investigators and we all have to admit it it gets exciting sometimes, like, oh, my goodness, it's been like six months before we got a good case, and you get all these things. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we're going to actually see something be lifted up and thrown? Yay. I mean, that's how weird we are. We want to see things lifted up. We want to be grabbed, all this stuff. I mean, that's one thing about us. But, I mean, you hear about it, then, but if you sit back and think about it, this is someone's home. Um, so we want to sit there and take it back before we even think about, you know, taking our energy in there and trying to push anything further. So I always tell people, um, as a paranormal investigator and been doing it as long, I'm not an expert. Oh my goodness. I learn stuff on a daily basis. I learn stuff even when we're doing ghost hunts with brand new people that's never even investigated. I can learn something from them. Um, so I'm just saying when you're, out there, a new team out there investigating, and you're taking residential cases, please step back and really think about what you're doing to these families first, um, because right. it really it, it really can harm um, families. 
Um, and that's one thing we'll say with Jay doing TV, with us doing TV now, I've actually got to reach out and help a lot more families now. And that's the reason I don't, I, at first I'm like, okay, I don't want to do TV. And I'm like, I remember Jay's like, just come on. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, something new. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do it. No, no. But after every, all the families that reached out to me about their autistic um, children and how many have contacted me and told me that I helped them, I, it, it makes me feel blessed. Um, yeah, so. what we believe we did, a, and that's in reference to an episode we did with Ghost Adventures uh, Aftershocks, um, where um, Zach had um, assigned a, a doctor and a parapsychologist um, to kind of help us work through some of the stuff that we were having going on. Uh, in our own home. And uh, at the same time, we were finding connections as paranormal investigators with mental illness um, and and the paranormal and uh, children in the paranormal in general. And the conclusion that we had come up with is that children are fresh from heaven. Um, you know, they're fresh from their creator, if you will. And, and they haven't been filled with life's disappointments and tragedies and failures, really. Right? I mean, life is, is, it can be very tragic and uh, it can be very overwhelming. And at time, we lose that childlike faith, but I believe we're all born with special gifts and abilities um, and that no one's no different than the other. It's just that some of them harness that, uh, that gift given at birth um, through their adolescence and up through their uh, adult life as others suppressed it. Um, same as when you see, you know, Aunt Susie talking to her dead husband, Bobby, in the corner, and he's, she swears to God she's talking to him, and he's been passed away for 20 years. Um, it, it may not be that she's crazy. It may be that that veil for her is thinning. And as she's crossing over, she's being reunited with that that childlike uh, ability to be able to see through that veil much more clearly. Um, and, and with that show and, and the help um, of the parapsychologists and the doctors that came in, we were really able to ha- kind of harness that and it help us to go on to actually have a Zach, lot of families. I mean, Zach actually went out of his way um, and actually helped my family. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I, I hear a lot of negative things about Zach and everything. And I'm not the type that goes and sticks, you know, puts my word into anything. But I will say Zach really does care about people. Um, he went out of his way for my son. Until this day, he follows up on my son constantly. So um, he really does have a good heart. And he, he really does. I mean, the whole paranormal thing is really something that's inside of him. And he really just... Once he answers himself, so. So, you guys being in the paranormal field, how how did it come about that you were able to transition over into television? Um, it was sort of by accident. Um, I, think, I don't know, it was like six years, something. I don't know how long it's been now. Maybe it's five, 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 five years, years, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we we had a production company call us. Um, and they were interested in us providing them with some type of ghost story. Um, and we gave it to them just like, okay, whatever, that's weird. They'll, they'll never call us back. And they did. Um, and then we had, we went out and film, had a terrible experience. And we were like, we're never doing this again. Let's just go back to the cases, get away from all this. And then uh, I'd say probably a good six or seven months later, um, I was working for the sheriff's office at the time and I had worked nights. I was about ready to go to sleep. And uh, I get a uh, voicemail, someone had called, missed the call, and it was Jeff Blanger of Ghost Adventures, and he had left a message saying, uh, Zach Bagans had just recently reviewed your video um, at Apache Junction um, of a brothel that you and your wife investigated, and he was very impressed, and he would like to talk, we'd like to talk with you about being a part of the show, and I was like, this is bullcrap. 
Like, there's no way. Like, whatever. So I ended up calling the guy back, and sure enough, you know, they, they, he did. And we, we filmed that that particular show, and it was – we were like – we were kind of like, wow, like this – you know, we met Zach, and it was kind of like – we were kind of starstruck at first, like, well, this is weird, you know, that we're here doing this. And, you know, it was kind of – it was kind of – kind of cool and then from that um zach followed up with us and his production crew which led us to um ghost adventure aftershocks um which was a follow-up um about what we, we've gone through after um you know being ghost hunters and stuff we had with our family and that's when he kind of helped us out from there but then after that it was one show after another show and another show and i, I don't know how many shows. case files is our big one that we really have i mean the production company and group. I mean, it's like a big family now with on a case files. Yeah. A lot of us have been on season one or in season two. There are some new ones in season two yeah. um, this time, but um, there's a lot of us that, you know, more or less family that's been season one, season two. The production company is. Um, the production yeah, is great with yeah. uh, um, on a case files. But when they reached out to us for that particular show, we had already been on multiple shows before that, a show called Unprotected. Um, uh, we've been on Terminal Witness um just a, a myriad of different shows and stuff where our, our evidence had been featured and whatnot um and uh honey case files was kind of a great platform for us to be able to um really express like what we went through on some of the darker cases that we've been on um and uh the, the crew's been great to be able to allow us that um ability to voice it as it was and not making us sugarcoat it or water it down um and that's been a true blessing and since then we've done other productions of course with scariest night of our life and uh, i just wrapped a show called paranormal 911 um but uh just uh, we just shot we just shot with ghost adventures again um for another episode and uh, we're working with a new production company and we uh we're about yes, ready to film can't it. really talk about that one yeah. so but, right. uh, it just kind of fell into our lap and um i think once you've been on tv once and you and you have a reputation of um working with these groups of individuals uh, professionally they, they you just kind of get in a network to where anytime there's a show coming out that they might feel that you're a good role or fit for they just kind of reach I out i just think us. they like our, a damn it because me and jay will argue sometimes and bicker <laughs> i think people just the production company and the directors just love us in the set room because we always make them all laugh so <laughs> <laughs> Jay is my best friend, but he's like my worst enemy as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same relationship that my wife and I have. <laughs> and she's my worst critic too. So, uh, you know, when I do something yeah. wrong, she's Johnny on the spot to let me know, hey, that wasn't right, you know. And uh, <laughs> But I, I'm thankful for that. For. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So you know, you just kind of, you just kind of, we just kind of fell into it. So it wasn't something we were, we were actively seeking um, to do. I mean, now we are actively seeking a format for a show, um, which symbolizes what we are all about um, and, and what it is that we do in the field. Um, that's kind of something a little bit new that people haven't really seen on television. So we're in the process of working with the production company on that. Um, as we speak, within the next few weeks, we start filming um, for that, and hopefully that gets picked up. Um, that way we can show everybody um, what it is that we do out there outside of telling a story and showing some evidence, but what it looks like from our, our own home perspective. Well, let's still case. go back to our family, Haunted Case Files, yeah, on absolutely. season three. Oh, absolutely, so. absolutely. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, 
So since you guys been involved with the TV, um, after you've put yourself in that situation several times, did it, did you find it changing you guys in any way? Um, you know what, when, when you own a team like we do, I mean, we've been blessed to have a really good team uh, of great um, individuals with just diverse backgrounds. In the beginning, when we started really getting involved with television and people started really taking notice uh, about Marie and I doing television, um, it definitely was a little unsettling, I think, with our team um, because we're a team. And then all of a sudden they start seeing Jay and Marie doing all these different cameos on the news and podcasts all the time and doing all these events and stuff. And they're like, what? probably like, what the heck's going on, you know? Uh, and it was a little unsettling for us, too, because we all work together as a team. And the unfortunate part about doing a lot of these TV shows that we do is our team is oftentimes in the background. They're not really um, given the credit that they really deserve um, for all the hard work that they put into it, whether that's capturing uh, incredible audio, which lands on television, or that's um, getting a great piece of video evidence. Uh, it's unfortunate. Sometimes crew members um, refuse um, to release their rights to their names for us to put their name on television because they don't even want anything to do with it. Um, but in the beginning, I think it was kind of weird for us when we started doing this because we, we were starting to be looked upon differently from people. And I think there was a different expectation of us. Um, but now I, I don't think that the team really cares at all. Um, and they're kind of just like cool with it. We, we're kind of secure with it now. I think before I was always worried that I was going to say something wrong on television or piss somebody off or tell something that maybe someone didn't agree with, like my personal opinion about hauntings or whatever, and I would worry about the backlash. Um, I've done it so much now. I'm re done it so much. I just don't think I honestly really... have never worried. I'm I don't care. I'm the straightforward person. You don't like what I say then I don't care. They don't listen or don't like me. I don't care. That's who I am. <laughs> I like that's her. Straightforward. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, I'm not, a, I'm not going to sit here. And if you don't like me, then okay. Well, I, it was nice seeing you. It was nice actually getting to know, you know, know who you were, but go, you know, go your way. I'm not going to hate you for that. I, you know, everybody has their own who they like and what they like. I am not going to get into any of these battles on social media. Oh my goodness. Facebook you know, a little funny, little targets on everybody. I, I don't get involved in any of that. Yeah, it changes that way, too. I guess, like, when, when you've done television and stuff, you, you have your fans and you have your followers of the TV that you've done, the work you've done, and then you have paranormal investigators that kind of follow your work. So it's kind of a weird thin line. So you have people that don't know much about the paranormal but are fans of who you are directly, and then you have all these paranormal dramas that you see on the uh, social media platforms. And it's like it doesn't serve us any purpose to really get involved with any of the drama. We've been in the middle of multiple dramas between people that we know and love. Um, oh, they, I won't be in the middle. But we've been tried to be put in. But we refuse to. We, we won't pick a side for nobody for no reason. It's just we love you. We love you. I'm sorry you guys don't agree anymore with, you know, an approach to an investigation. Don't get me wrong. There's people out there that I don't like. But I'm not, you're, no one's going to know who that is besides my husband probably um, or the person. They might know I really don't like them. But I'm not going to announce that I don't like you. I'm not going to say nothing negative about you. I mean, sorry, this ain't, I'm not in high school. I'm a grown adult. I have grown children now. I'm not going to act that way. So, I mean, I just don't 
put myself, I mean, I've always, I will say TV has not changed me at all. I'm still the exact same person. I'm bubbly, um, crazy, stupid. Um, I mean, I'm very outspoken. I mean, everybody's just, I mean, I really am. I mean, everybody's like, oh my goodness, you're so lovable. And, you know, actually, I'm, I always tell people I'd probably be, be the worst friend ever because I'm not one of those girly girls that, oh, I'm going to talk to my girlfriend today. And, you know, no, I don't really want to talk to girlfriends. <laughs> I have my family that I have to deal with. I mean, so it's like. Well, you focus a lot on, we focus a lot on our family. We make sure that's kind of like the center of everything because it's a very fragile uh, position we put ourselves in and wearing ourselves thin between the investigations, the events, and the television projects. So um, it's very hard to balance that. So, I mean, I don't think it's really changed. It's just made us more aware of, you know, like the I will say it does. It does open you up to the, I guess, some people that you, I they will talk about people that's on TV, um, and I always say I I'm sorry to say there are some people that really won't probably be on TV, but it's a very slim people. I'm sorry to say if a production company came to you say hey I want you right now on TV and you're gonna have it I want it your way blah blah. I'm sorry to say there's probably out of 10 people, one maybe will say no. The other nine will be like, yep, I'm going. Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem is that people, there's a, there's a little bit of like uh, animosity for those that have uh, been on television. Um, and and I, I, don't, I, I don't think people really look past the fact of like how they got on TV or anything like that. And they have a misrepresentation of like what they are on TV. Um, like we were talking about Zach Bagans before, um, you know, like uh, the guy did he's miracles for our own he's, life. Yeah, he's you know, aggressive. he's a different kind of guy. I can vouch for him for what he's done in my own family. Um, you know, what he does out in the field. That uh, you know, like everyone has their opinions. Um, but I think it is. It's just like the world. I mean, we no one did today in this country or this world can have their own opinions anymore without people getting upset and you know screaming like and shouting at well, whether it's politics yeah. or. The paranormal. I mean, people are going to complain and people are going to have it's their religion, opinion. politics, everything. I mean, you can't have your own opinion on anything. People are going to judge you on everything. So we've just learned, I guess. I just learned, to, guess care. what? This is me. <laughs> you don't like it, then guess what? I don't care. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's, I've always been like that. I've, I've never let anyone ever, I mean, make me think different. Don't think, we don't think we've ever really gotten bashed for TV uh, here and there, like, for every like 50 people that send us a message saying, thank you so much for sharing your story. You get that one person that's like, Oh, you guys are investigating wrong or something. And to be honest with you, with any of those people out there that are listening that have done that, uh, I'm in. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
read maybe two of the sentences in your paragraph that you sent me, and I just deleted it. I just don't care. I mean, I, it is what it is. I just I don't let it bother me. And I mean, at the end of the day, Marie and I, we're husband and wife. We're paranormal investigators. That's what we do. If the camera stops tomorrow, we're still going to be doing the same thing. So it's not, it doesn't change anything. Awesome. I actually think it brings more light because I've got to meet a lot of new people in the whole world. I mean, to be honest with you, the people that I've gotten so close to that have touched my life now, like John Sappis, I mean, he's like, I mean, like family to me now. I mean, and the stories that he tells you, oh my God. I mean, he's taught me so much. Um, Meeting and getting to really know Grant Wilson. I mean, there are so many in the field. Um, going and meeting Daniel, um, um, Daniel Kloss, um, um, Eric Knapp. Um, I mean, there are so many in the paranormal field that I'm so blessed to be able to say, okay, I met them. They taught me something. They're and then not to mention life. all those people that haven't had uh, their their market in, in television, but yet are great investigators. I mean, there's so many investigators that we have an opportunity to work with from other teams in other states that maybe aren't well known like nationally, but I mean, I swear to you, like they're amazing investigators and, and it's, it's an amazing blessing to be able to be in the position that we are to where we were able to work with so many different people from so many walks of life um, and, and learn things that we would otherwise never have learned before. And I think that's the true problem with the paranormal right now is uh, I know in like uh, Arizona, most of the teams where we live at, they're very uh, closed off and they kind of are departmentalized and um, they don't do a whole lot of working. There's a few of them that do, but many of them don't. And they kind of do their own thing. Um, and they don't share locations and things like that. I love it when we're able to go out of state and go within the state and work with other people um, and other teams. I think that's very important. It's a very valuable thing in the paranormal field um, to set aside your your pride and your ego um, and just really focus on what we're all looking for. And we're looking for answers in the paranormal. And, you know, maybe that other team has something that you don't have, and maybe you'd be able to share and coordinate. And I think we need more of that in general in the paranormal that we're so much lacking now. And, you know, we get invited. I mean, we're, we're going out uh, and investigating with the team in Washington uh, in March um, of, of experienced, um, you know, knowledgeable paranormal investigators. Uh, they're excited to work with us, and, and here we are probably more excited to work with them. Um, so, I mean, like, uh, I just think that, uh, we should take time as investigators to reach out to other people in the community. I'm not talking paranormal unity because that's just, it, it doesn't, that word has been, thrown, been thrown around too much, but I mean, dude, like work with some other teams, learn some different things, some different approaches. Yes. I always tell people when you're coming out to our um, events, I think just Jay and I, you guys got to meet our team. I mean, some of our parent, our team members are amazing. Scott Latea, he is awesome. Like with an audio ninja. Audio, I mean, <laughs> the, how he could catch audio is amazing. Ryan Marsh, how he could catch almost anything on photo. And on, he's pretty good with um, audio, too. Um, Carl, I mean, how he reaches out with each one of the guests that come out. He's personal with each one of them. Um, Pap and Roy, there are, you know, set, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're the ones that are like with me trying to debunk everything, but they're keeping everybody real. I mean, it's so good. I mean, we've had past um, Hayden and Jesse. They're a younger group, but I'll tell you what, they're more um, mature out there as investigators compared to ones that probably been investigating for 40 years. Um, so Hayden, Hayden and Jesse came to us when literally they were 14 years old, I think. Yeah. And they were clients of ours um, from the family that we were investigating. And slowly but surely, they kind of like uh, – 
uh, we begin to teach them, you know, the uh, skills of investigating or the art or whatever you want to call it. And um, out of the course of several years, now they're leading um, our teams now, yeah. like in, in the northern portion of Arizona. Um, so, I mean, like, uh, there's just great people out there. It's in every state and every city. It's just I wish that we'd And you guys are probably your own teams. You probably have team members that are amazing in certain things. So, I mean, I'd probably love to learn something from them. Um, and that's, oh, I think, yes. what the paranormal all needs. Um, and I think we all should just more. The problem is, is that pride entered into paranormal, and there's no reason for that. And, you know, I mean, right. we all are at the same level of learning. I mean, <laughs> we, we don't know much more than the other guy. Just because one guy's really good at ITC technologies and the other guy, you know, can, you know, just really go with the camera. doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It's just like, or somebody put that said, together and let's see what we can come up with. You know? I will honestly okay. say, I met Grant Wilson. He was on Ghost Adventures for how many seasons? Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters, sorry. I Ghost Adventures so much. Ghost Hunters. Um, he was on there for how many seasons? He will say he has so much he learns till this day. I mean, that made me so proud to actually meet him and call him my friend. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what people, a lot of people need to have. Oh, I agree. And our team, Web Paranormal Group, we love working with other teams. We have learned so much. And um, if I get the chance to work with another team, you can ask my wife. I'm like giddy. You know, I'm a, I'm a teenager again. Like, we're going to go work with this team. This is going to be awesome. And, um, you know, so I just want to learn and I want to make this field better. And um, and that's the only way that you're going to do it is if everybody can – can work together and, 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 you know, teach each other, teach each other things. And, uh, because there's no experts, as far as I'm concerned, there's no experts in this field. And, uh, Oh no, I mean, I mean, an expert would require like a degree and uh, a learned knowledge of something that's definitive. And well, somebody can go get a degree and never been out there to investigate. <laughs> I mean, so you, I mean, just think people need to realize, I mean, even if you have been investigating for 40 years, and you're so good on say you could still learn something because everything you're learning new all the time. It's called I would research. say that's probably like the, the biggest thing that draws people off with us is when we do these events and I think they see that Marie and I are so humble and we take a step back instead of trying to like control everything. And they're like, wait a second, I'm not, I wasn't expecting for the fact that you would actually listen to my thoughts or my opinions. And it's like, well, how would we ever going to learn if we don't listen? You know what I mean? So uh, that's that's one thing people they notice about us very quickly when they, they haven't met us before, and they're like, "What the heck is wrong with you guys? I thought you guys <laughs> were going to be jerks." You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like oh, no. not, not even <laughs> remotely the case. No, you don't have to be a jerk. Be a, you know, a success in what you do, and um, you know exactly. Uh, Amen to that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, in fact, my wife. Put in the chat room. She wanted to know: Do you have fans that follow you home? Um, you ever... We, I can tell you, I can tell you <laughs> that we live in a smaller city in Arizona, and we used to do a lot of work in the city that we live in. So with that, there's a lot of people that know who we are within the city we live, and sometimes we get very awkward messages on social media platforms saying, I just saw you and your family in like the market store or whatever, (laughs) or we just saw you at Walmart or whatever. And it's, and their intent is probably good. But when we get the message, it's kind of like, Oh my God, (laughs) like, that's really weird. Um, We we get things like that. um, It's weird because they'll tell us exactly what's on our vehicle. And it's like, Uh it gets a little scary. Yeah, It's like, gets a little scary. Like, Oh, and they'll even do it while we're driving down the street. Oh, we've seen you driving on the I-10, um, (laughs) right. 
know, the one-on-one or something. And I'm like, uh. Like, that's really weird. <laughs> and the thing that gets really weird about some of these things is that I get a little tripped out because I did 10 years law enforcement. I worked for the Maricopa County Jail with Sheriff Gerald Pyle, considered one of the toughest sheriffs at the time uh, in all of America. But he, uh, uh, with that, uh, I didn't have very many fans at the job that I had. So uh-huh, with me right. getting all the notoriety from the TV that I was doing, um, it was I had to leave that job essentially. So I remember um, when a show aired on Sci-Fi, uh, Paranormal Witness. It's the episode entitled "The Jail," and I discussed uh, what happened to me um, as I worked at one of the actual jails um, that were super active, super haunted location. Um, and, and how that affected my life and my family. That really same crazy. night that it aired, there was literally someone standing out inside in front of our house, like glaring into our window. They were on the sidewalk, so we couldn't really say <laughs> nothing to them. But it's like they were glaring in our window, and we're like, uh. Yes, yeah, so we had, had to deal with that. And we've had some, you know, and then we had the crazies that the, the religious fanatics we had in the city that we live in, we, we hosted a, a particular event that a, a religious group felt that we were doing demonic worship, and they assembled an entire prayer squad to come out, circle the <laughs> building the entire time we were there. And when they were there, they kept saying that they were gonna, they were praying for us. And I, well, kept, thank I, kept, you. I kept thanking them because, I mean, I followed the same God that they follow. So I was like, well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And they thought that we were being, you know, jerks about it. And the reality we were like, well, thank you. I don't know why you have to walk around in circles doing it. But, I mean, we had we had protests. We've had, you know, stuff like that happen to work. The only thing I will creep out, and it really gets – and that's when Mama Bear comes out, is I do have a 17-year-old son. He's 17 now. Um, when we actually got on Haunted Case Files um, Season 2, um, people started reaching out to our son um, by message on his phone. And because – well, ours is probably blocked or we are full, whatever. They were reaching out to my son about us. Don't go through my son. <laughs> right. That's the wrong thing to do. Don't mess with mama baby. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, most of it's been really positive. It's been really positive experiences. Um, you know, the more just the love that we've had uh, has made us very humble and just really appreciative. I mean, we go to some of these events, you know, in Southern California where some of our really good friends are. It's like a family reunion when we go there. But, it's also, but we, we have to crack up a lot of it to just laughter and everything. We were at a um, one of these cons, and somebody, Bert, she was probably, she had too many drinks, and she sat there and said she knew what uh, Jay Slut is <laughs> like. And I'm like, um, okay, being his wife, I should totally take that in a wrong way. But I totally... <laughs> Just laughed it off. Funny if she was listening. Yeah, we were doing uh, we were doing Phoenix Comic Con out here, <laughs> and uh, they get a hundred thousand people at this convention, and we get a room with two hundred seats. It's it's filled with two hundred seats. Everyone that we do, and there's a hundred people out the door waiting to get in, and uh, like it's a big crowd we get. And uh, this gal, she's a really big fan of ours, and she I think had a little too much drink. <laughs> but I remember asking her like a question, and she screamed out, "I know what Jay's saliva tastes like." And my heart about fell through my feet, and I said, "Oh God, Marie's gonna kill this lady." And this lady's just drunk, and she never did nothing. I didn't do nothing. And, and like later on, she came up and she apologized and stuff. But it was no, just, she never apologized. She's just like, "Oh, yeah, her friend apologized." Yeah. But I, I met her before. I mean, she, you know, she just goes out to a lot of our things. She really like, loves oh. our work and everything. So I'm not gonna sit there and hold it. I mean, you know what? That's something that you have to deal with. Um, I get called ghost girl, especially when I go into our bank. 
I, I'm like, oh, it's a ghost girl. And I'm like, oh, God. Or the nail salon. <laughs> or the nail salon. Or my the hair, hair salon. I get called ghost girl all the time. And I'm like, okay, thank you. No, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, and we're, we're never like, when people are like, oh, I saw you or something. It's like, you could have just came up and said hi. And I would have shaken your hand, probably even given you a hug. And if you, you know, like whatever, we would have had, probably had a conversation. It's not like I'm untouchable or uh, um, anything like that. I don't, I would never be that way, no matter how much our success or notoriety grew. Um, just not me, you know? So it is weird though, to have some of that stuff happen to us. Um, <laughs> we're just so normal. I mean, when we're out. <laughs> we're, we're normal. Well, not really. <laughs> we call each other the Adams family. I mean, we're seriously the Adams family. But as far as like we're a normal family, you know. Yeah, like but we try to we try to be normal. <laughs> How about that? Um, and, but when we're out, I mean, we we don't think of ourselves as anything else. I mean, so yeah, we're just us. So it's weird. It, I mean, it, like I said, it's very humbling, but it's it's, it's definitely strange at times. Well, that's cool. I, you were talking about you were being <laughs> a ghost girl at the bank. Well, I'm a butcher. Yeah. And they call me the paranormal butcher at work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, cool, people actually. come in. They, they'll come in and say, is the paranormal butcher here? And, <laughs> and then they go back in the back and get me. I'm actually the market manager. And they'll go back in the back and get me. I come out and... I'm looking around, and there's five or six people standing there wanting to question me about a recent <laughs> investigation that we put on Facebook or something like that. And um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess that's local love, I guess. But uh, yeah, um, absolutely, man. That's great, though. That that's got to be cool. Yeah, paranormal butcher. I probably could have lived without, but uh, <laughs> what it is is what it is, right? I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I guess, right? Anytime yeah, I see you now, I'm still going to say hashtag paranormal butcher. butcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be okay. That'll be okay. Um, I was going to ask you while again when we were talking about how it affected you guys. So, and you kind of answered me a little bit how it affects your family as far as your boys. Um, how do they feel about you being on TV? And um, do, do they like that idea? My our youngest son um, has loved it. Until um, this day, um, anywhere he goes out, he tells us, "He's like, Dad, Mom, I'm gonna own this. This is gonna be my business, okay, Mom, Dad? <laughs> this is all mine. One day, when you guys get too old and you can't do anything, this is all mine." And we're looking at him <laughs> like, "Okay." Um, but I mean, he he does. Um, this school, it's really, I guess, a little bit awkward. He's really into the ROTC um, military stuff. Um, in a school so um, but I will say a lot of them are like he gets uh, dumb he honestly thinks we're rich I will say that I don't know where he got that from but I mean I'm like he, and, and everybody in the school thinks we're like this rich because everybody thinks mom and I mean Brandon's parents can donate everything Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I just found them on Travel Channel last yeah, night. They, they, they must have some money. You could donate the whole school stuff for him, like, huh? Um, so I mean, but that's Brandon because Brandon goes around telling everyone that my mom and dad are famous, which yeah, he's he, not close to doing that. He, th- he but he's very proud of his mom and dad. Yeah, and he, he he's definitely uh, he he loves it honestly. Yeah, he, does. he loves it more than I we do, think we we um he's always knew of it. Um, but we, I sheltered Brandon a lot. 
um, would never let him be part of it um, until he got to a certain age. Um, we started bringing him to like events that were not bad or anything. They were just, you know, okay, you know, haunt, you know, hauntings and stuff like that. Um, we'd start bringing him with that. Um, never let him out. We, we talked to him about everything, telling him what he needs to do and all that kind of stuff. Um, since he was like, what, like yeah, five? Yeah, I think it was, since <laughs> it was like five. We've I've always said, another thing, Jay and I don't use protection. Um, paranormal protection, protection, um, (laughs) on anything. Um, but with my kids, I have, um, I, um, and I always tell people, this is one thing I would tell family, um, when we're out there doing residential homes, um, people think, oh yeah, crystals and, um, sage and all this stuff really good for other people. But to be honest with you, I feel my face is the number one thing I need. I'm allergic to sage, by the way. Yeah. I mean, my face is the number one thing I need. And I'm a mom, so if a stranger is going to come up and try to touch my son, you bet I'm going to stand there and I'm going to get him off and he ain't going to go near my son. So I'm going to, I, it's the same thing with the spirit world. Um, I don't allow nothing to be in my son um, to, you know, mess with my son. I, I hold myself very firm around that with my children. Um, with Brandon getting into the paranormal and being 17, he knows mo- um, more about it. He knows the... Um, what can happen now a little bit more. He knows how far he's not supposed to go where I'm sort of letting him find his own path in it a little bit more now. Um, but mm. it wasn't until probably like a couple months ago, I started letting this happen. Um, our autistic son is a little bit different. Um, he's 22. Um, it was always been different with him. Um, it just mentally, he wasn't able to understand it all. Um, like we said, uh, Ghost Adventures assisted us a lot with him. Um, and, um, with, between them helping us, getting that doctor to assist us, we have amazing family and team members, um, that helped us with our son. Um, Steven does really good now. Don't get me wrong. He has his moments. He's more able to, um, control up like, um, and say, you know, even though he has mental illness and everything and autism, he's able to say, I don't want you to mess with me. Leave me alone. Um, and he knows and he's very, he's very gifted in seeing mm-hmm. spirit as well. He's yeah. very in tune to that. So he, he definitely does hear, um, very like, uh, audio, uh, much so in tune with the spirit realm, but, uh, he's definitely learned how to kind of like push that away. And he'll, he'll just say, well, it's just a voice though. It was just a voice and stuff like that. He'll say, where he's there's sometimes we have to like re re talk to him a couple of times where maybe it's like, okay, mom, it really is a voice. It's nothing, you know, blah, blah, you know, and, and we have to like sort of repeat it a couple of times we have to sit there and, you know, help him and, you know, but it's nothing like it used to be. Um, so um, well, before he was like running out of the house screaming, like because of the stuff he was experiencing, you know. So I mean, it's definitely dramatically uh, improved for sure. Yeah, and then my oldest son, I have a 24-year-old son um, that lives up in Michigan, um, and he owns a home and everything. He honestly just stays out of it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, good stuff. I think he thinks we're crazy. Um, he believes us. Um, he totally has believed Jay ever since um, Jay came into the um, our life and everything. But he just never really got into it. He's just like, oh, I'll stay away from it. Uh, that's your thing. I don't want to really be part of it. So um, he's always been supportive. He just stays away from it. <laughs> well, that's great that you have have kids that, that will do that. Um, there's a couple of our kids are like, uh, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all are nuts. You know, you know, <laughs> something kids get on top of the head. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
and then I have one that just says, okay, that's not for me, Dad. No, that's just not for right, me. Right. And then we have a daughter that is, um, she just recently went on an investigation with us, and she loves every minute of it. Um, she She's trying to get her husband to join the, our group and, and that type of thing. And um, we went in. She she came up to me while we were on the investigation, and I'm I'm telling on her a little bit. She uh, she says, Daddy, can you take me in and uh, take you in where I was setting up equipment at the time. And, um, and she says, I want to go in there. And we were at the Poly Jail in Union Springs, Alabama. And uh, I said, sure. So I grabbed up an EVP recorder and I think I got the mail or something and a handheld camera. And we went in and we were on the lower floor down and and. I said, okay, well now, do you want me to show you how to do this? She, she said, yeah, you do it. No, I'll, I'll do it after you. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I said, okay, we're going to start an EVP session. And I spoke one word whenever I started speaking to the spirit and she thought she seen something move in the bottom salsa area where the, the, the females were right. in the jail. And she grabbed my arm and just yanked me to her. Said, oh my God, did you see it? Oh my God. And I'm looking at everything that I can, what do you see, you know? And she literally is pushing me into the, the, the open, the opening there, going into the cell area. And she says, see it, see it right there, see it right there. And it was a, it was a, a shadow. It sure was a shadow. She says, see that shadow? And I said, yes, dear. That's a shadow of the curtain. That was an outside and she says, that looked like something. And I said, okay. I said, and she's terrified. I mean, she, you know, my arm has no more circulation, you know, and, and she's as tall as I am just about. And, um, she's really free spirited and, but bless her heart. She's quite not ready for investigations yet. <laughs> um, so I thought about that when you were telling me about your sons and I'm like, yeah, I've got now Nicole. She's, um, She's a spitfire. She's she's an awesome young lady, and um, she's she's very smart and convincing. So one day, one day, mm. it might be a good field for her to be in. But right now, I don't think so. So uh, <laughs> that's what I, that's where we are with our seventeen year old. I mean, I, I'm not pushing. I we don't push him. I tell him to take. It's going to be a slow. Um, thing. I mean, yes, he lives in a haunted, you know, we're haunted everywhere. And we always say it's not a house we live in, it's us. Um, plus, m- my husband, Jay, loves to um, collect haunted items. Um, that would not be my thing, <laughs> to be honest. I remember for many years, it would not be allowed in my house. <laughs> um, now he finally talked to me. He has a whole room, a whole like, uh, like room now of his haunted items. So, um, but I mean, it, it takes, I mean, it takes a lot to, I think, with being in the paranormal, um, you just, there's a lot of lessons, a lot of things you got to learn about, because um, there can be a lot of dangerous things that people need to know that can happen with the paranormal. So, I mean, that's my biggest awareness with my son. I don't want him just to think, oh, it's fame and fortune because of TV. Um, and that's what we're trying to get him, because he's 17 right now and just like, oh, my mom and dad are famous on TV. So right now it's big and exciting. So I'm trying to get him focused more on he graduates next year. Um, he'll be a senior next year. 
Um, wants awesome. to go off to military. I'm like, you do your thing first. And if this is still something you want, then you can come back at it. Absolutely. And and if he wants to go and into the military and make this world a better place, my hat's off to him. And, uh, you know, that we need more of that for sure. Um, and we do. He, uh, my, yeah, I'm an Air Force brat. My dad, uh, my daddy was Air Force. So my uh, son wants to do Air Force dude as grandpa. So totally on for it. We need more of that. So, and I told him, I'm like, you coming back onto the, I always say military people usually are, I always say the biggest thing in the paranormal field that most things I think is your number one quality that you should have is your honesty. Um, And that's one thing you learn a lot from the military. So, um, and initially when uh, Crossing Over Paranormal Society was uh, founded by us, that's all we had was uh, it was all first responders, law enforcement, military, whether retired or ex, um, you know, and we really wanted to focus on that legitimacy and that, um, you know, that it was, it was an important quality. And with that, it helped us in strides in the beginning, you know, landing amazing locations because there was a trust level from the public that otherwise you wouldn't have. So that's been a huge blessing for us. It still is today with me being ex-law enforcement, you know, retiring early. Yeah, that's that integrity is is the number one thing in the paranormal field, actually, in that's anything true. that you do. So, uh, true. Yeah. That's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, well, it sounds like you guys that integrity are, word did come up more on Facebook. I <laughs> know uh, that's right. Um, they misspell that daily on Facebook. <laughs> true <laughs> um you know there's a lot of things that goes on facebook that i see and i go right on by them you know and and uh <laughs> i maybe spend 15 20 minutes on facebook and most of the time when i'm on facebook it has to do with the show or something to do with our team or something if we got uh, an event coming up or something like that but other than that right. I, I couldn't i couldn't really tell you um you know much about it uh recently we had a a little bit of a a thing and I'm not trying to talk about people but <laughs> there was a team that was charging people to remove spirits and uh um which oh I don't call it. yeah they yeah, $10,000 for a negative spirit or something and 5000 for a not yeah, negative we, spirit we had one of those out here yeah yeah I think it was the same one Jay. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, uh, we were, uh, I, I tried to get the guy on the show because um, I just wanted to talk with him and see, you know, where he thought that charging people was a good idea and stuff like that. But, you know, and thank goodness that, you know, nobody paid that type of money to do anything like that. I think everything in the paranormal should be no charge, you know, um, free. Right. And and right. because, you know, people and we have that all the time. People call us and the first one of the second, third question, how much do y'all charge? We don't charge anything, nothing at all. No gas, right. lodging, no nothing. And, uh, right. you know, but we're not at, you know, we we will do a fundraiser every so often, you know, sell some hot dogs at a at a town carnival or something like that. But uh, oh, and course, yeah. Yeah, so, and we've done that several times, and um, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm not made of money. Um, <laughs> don't claim to be. Right. Um, we've purchased some of our equipment through doing things like that, and um, 
fact, we got but that's some how, more. That's how, the, that's how we've done it with hosting our events in, in Arizona is that money, you know, um, the majority of that money has gone back to either websites and, you know, all, all the different things we're running there on top of the equipment, the battery cost. I mean, you know, you know that, yes. you know, running exactly. the team, the battery alone. I mean, that's, that's going to cost you a ton of money. But, I mean, we, uh, you know, we definitely do that uh, to, to kind of compensate um, for, you know, the losses of going out there. But, no, even – People ask us that too with us doing the TV thing and the event thing. They're like, "Oh, well, how much?" And like, "No, we don't charge." I mean, um, <laughs> but we we may not take your case specifically either. I mean, you, we may not be a good fit. We might outsource you to another team locally out here that might be a better fit or um, that might have availability that we don't have. You know what I mean? So it's not like we're mm-hmm. trying to hoard all the cases either. So I mean, we definitely spread the love. I mean, um, <laughs> and don't have a problem passing off a case to somebody else because we can't take them all. Yeah, you know, really. Well, there's a there's a team and and uh, they are in uh, Tucson and it is uh, uh-huh. Tucson Ghost Society. Um, uh-huh. It's uh, Becky and Will Guidison is the the owners of it, and they also have a Tucson Ghost Company. I think they do some sort of events and that type of thing too as well. They also have a show on a their own networks called Mysteries Explained. And um, they oh, okay. are super, super people. Um, in fact, I think they have investigated Slaughterhouse several times and and oh, and cool. several places out there. So if y'all out that way or whatever, you get a chance, look them up. Uh, Becky and Will, they are super, super people. Um, they are oh, really good. I've friends. never heard of them. I'll have to check them. I'll have to check them out. Yeah. Yeah. So in we're, fact, we're uh, in the Phoenix area, so we're separated by many, many miles. So yeah, let's look into that. <laughs> Yeah, they they are they're just super people, and uh, I help them with their radio. I used to produce their radio show, um, and there I just got to know the not got to know them, and and you know they're they're just people that need like you guys need to be in the paranormal. We need people like them and you guys. It's just in it's just amazing how un, uh, how in the wrong direction, I'll say it that way, that the paranormal field is trying to go. And um, and that was one of the things that we were trying to introduce whenever we were talking about that team charging um, and that type of thing, because I don't think that's correct, you know, the right thing to do. But, um, um, you know, when you have good teams and you have people willing to go the extra mile and and help people, um, help the the field by doing the events and stuff like you guys do and and getting the correct information on TV on these TV shows and stuff and and getting right. it out there to where these people are not viewing these TV shows in a negative way and you know I'll be I'll be straight up with you I I, I wasn't a fan of Zach's um, right. you know Zach's probably a great person. And, and, you know, I just think that he was kind of like some of the others got caught up in the rhetoric of the TV. And, um, right. And that happens. Um, if, and I've never met Zach and I, I would like to meet Zach. Um, uh, and, and I would probably think totally different about him when I met him, but, um, you know, yeah, and most, I try most not people, most people. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's that, it's that the whole TV personality. Well, it's, side. it's always people that have, it's the two different kinds of paranormal people think it's ghost hunters or ghost adventures. Yeah. I mean, and that's how the, it, it's sort of everybody views a lot of people 
Um, some people really are into like the ghost hunters, like, you know, you're going in there, you're more calmly, you're trying to scientifically go in there. Ghost adventures, very outgoing, outburst, um, exciting, make it entertainment, everything. Um, very, um, he, he, he really is one that, um, oh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he knows he is. I mean, he'll say it straight out. I mean, Jay's sort of like that. So, I mean, I think that's how they sort of work. Um, I think Jay, I mean, Zach's a little bit more aggressive on certain things sometimes, but a lot of times when you're seeing that aggressive with Zach, it's already when something's already hit him already. That's why he sort of gets back aggressive. But um, I think a lot of people, it's just that entertainment thing. Um, sure. Zach is very business. <laughs> He's a businessman, 100%. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with being a businessman by any means. You know, you you take no. care of business. Um, I, I wish I wish Zach done radio shows because I would certainly love to have him on my podcast. But uh, um, you know, that's... <laughs> I don't think he really does too many. He, he? Do, I don't think he does really radio nor uh, he doesn't even do comfort uh, comfort. Uh, yeah, yeah, he really don't do it. He he, he high caliber. Yeah, he. <laughs> He knows right. who he is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sure. Zach knows he's is arrogant, but I mean, to be honest with you, he deserves it in a way. I mean, he's busted his butt. So, and I will honestly say he has. I mean, he does a lot I'll of stuff. I'll tell you what, his popularity is growing. When we just went out to Yuma to film, um, Marie and I were turning downtown Yuma, and Yuma's a very small, small city. It's grown quite a bit over the years. But we investigated a hotel up there where Marie got violently, and I will say attacked because it was an attack uh, in this hotel. And uh, we were we were appearing on the show and showcasing our evidence and recounting our steps of what everything took place. And Marie looks at me and says, "You think there'd be anybody out here like, uh, you know, waiting for Zach or whatever?" Like, and and we've never had that ever. We've filmed with them multiple times before, never had that. And as soon as we turned downtown, I swear to you, there must have been everyone from Yuma. Oh was my out god! There in the middle of the street. But <laughs> he made a point though. He came out and he said, "You know, hello to everybody." And he says, "Can you guys please tone it down? We'll do an investigation inside." And Everyone really like you know, really listened to him. But it was actually kind of funny. It was like this rock star personality that I never really got a chance to see. But I mean, he's going on a 17th season. Uh, they've had higher ratings um, this last season than they've had over the course of the past several years. So they're, they're yeah. instead of them decreasing in notoriety and popularity, it's actually grown. Um, but it was the first time I got to see him in that element where he was like this rock star status investigator. I'm like, what the hell? Usually we just get to be like more and less. We're not more, like we have private, like, a private yeah. conversations with them. We have normally, but um, it ain't like we're oh good. I mean, best friends with Zach and them. No, we know each other. I mean, we're very acquainted with each other. We know each other's stuff and all that. But um, I mean, but he, I mean, and I would, I would be the one that would actually. I mean, but if you don't like his method of investigation, the then I say don't watch his show. I mean, he right, respects exactly. it as well, and that's what I tell people. I mean. Well, just like people don't like Hanukkah Kids Show that we're part of. If you don't yeah. like the show, don't watch the show. That's what I say. I mean, like, I hope you watch the show because we enjoyed making the show, and we hope that people enjoy it. But if you don't like it, I mean, I mean, I always tell people they say, "Oh, I watched this and I didn't like it," and I hear them watching it again just to complain about it. <laughs> and I'm like, it? "Why are you watching it again if you don't like it just to complain about it?" I'm like, "Why? I mean, why would you torture yourself? I mean, if I don't like something, I ain't watching it." <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, if you if you don't like it, don't watch it. Um, the same way I, you know, with some of our YouTube videos and stuff. Um, you don't like the way we do things. That's okay. 
you know, somebody will come along eventually you'll like, and, uh, yeah. um, yeah. you know, I, I leave it at that. And, and, you know, I put a lot into, uh, meeting someone or, you know, getting to know someone. And, and then a lot of times I'll change my mind because sometimes <laughs> first, impression, first impressions, um, can go good or bad. I mean, you know, so, um, I, I try to give everybody always, respect to start with. See, I always do that. Jay knows I'm the one person that always gives everybody a, a, a first chance. I always do. But I will honestly say when you actually get to meet them and you actually, I honestly, it's in the eyes of people, man. I mean, I just know if it's okay, I'm not going to disrespect them and I'm not going to bash them or everything, but I probably will avoid well, being you, around that person. That thing, like, right. Um, you know, yeah, and people that's really popular, everybody loves, I met, have lots of conversations, but I just, I'm sorry, I just wanted to like, blah, and walk away. But you know what, that's my opinion. Um, and I ain't going to say who or anything, but I, that's who I, you know, that's my opinion, and I don't think anyone else needs to know any of that, because I mean, there's so many people that do have respect for them. For, yeah, there's so much negativity. I don't. Facebook alone is right. Own little piece. Uh, yeah, we, we, I try not to get into the negative stuff. And, uh, you know, things will happen. One day I'll I'll have a different opinion and some things and some things will will turn out to be exactly the way I thought. And. And you know stuff like that. So I just have to wait till that day gets here. And uh, there you go. But, uh, <laughs> I always tell people, whatever you feel and what your opinion, that's your opinion. Respect right. your own opinion. And and whoever doesn't respect it, then you know, be like, okay, thank you for not respecting it. I hope you have a good day and walk away. So I mean, and, that's what I always tell people. I mean, everybody's going to have a different opinion. You're going to like different ways. You're going to like different people. Um, and that's, I, and that's how I think Jay and I could be so equal with people. Like you can, and, and I don't care. I mean, only thing I don't want to hear is people bashing each other. I can't right. stand that. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> opinions, everybody has one, like you said, and, and <laughs> yeah. we need to leave it pretty much at that. Everybody has that opinion. If you don't like somebody else's opinion, oh, well. Um, yep. You know, especially when it comes down to certain subjects and and um, uh, the government and things like that, I keep my opinion to myself. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I totally do too. One hundred percent. I, you know yeah. what? I made one mistake one time. I think it was like two years ago. I don't remember when it was, and I wasn't even trying to. I was just saying something. And giving my opinion. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm like, forget it. Never again. I'm like, dear lordy. Yeah, they, call, uh, they call Facebook like your your blog page. And I'm like, this is my page. I'm able to write what I feel. But you know what? And I realized. Yeah, and then to be honest, with you, somebody wrote, if it is a public page, yes, it's your page, but you're putting it out there for people to see. And if you don't want people to comment. And if, even if it's a comment you don't like, then you shouldn't put it out there. After somebody said that to me, I realized, okay. Never giving my opinion. I'm not going to give my opinion on this because I can't handle someone giving me a negative thing without saying something back negative to them. So I'm like, just shut up, Marie. 
<laughs> yeah, neg negativity is like a fertilizer. The more and more it's put on there, the more and more it makes things grow. So, uh, um, and you know what kind of fertilizer that is. So, uh, <laughs> I'm saying that nicely, guys. I mean, you know, I don't want, I don't want people screaming at me going, oh, you said the bad thing. And then, so, you know, we try not to do that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, guys, it's 9.05. We went over a little bit, which is awesome. Awesome. We can keep going if you want. Um, uh, I know you guys probably have to get up and go to work. Uh, of course, I'm not exactly oh, yeah. sure. What, what time is it? Where are you at? It is 8.05 our time. 8.05. Okay. It's 9.05 here. Marie, that's oh, like bedtime. Yeah, it's early. my bedtime. I get up early, early to go to work. <laughs> yeah, I have to get up at 3 a.m. and. Um, um, okay, that's earlier than me. <laughs> I will give you that. I the three a.m. I'm still sound asleep. <laughs> we, uh, I have to do uh, uh, inventory every Monday morning and and paperwork, goodles of it, and stuff like that. So we're a little short-handed right now. So uh, having to put in a few longer days than I want to, but hey, that's the nature of the job. Um, sure totally is. understand. I'm working ten-hour shifts right now, so. I totally understand it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it'll probably be about 4.30, 4, 4.30 before I get off tomorrow evening. So, uh, yeah, it's oh. uh, it's going to be a good long day. Um, oh, <laughs> well, guys, we sure do appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and being with us. This has been an awesome show. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I've wanted you guys on the show for a long time and I finally got my wish and, uh, you know, so, you know, it was awesome. And so, uh, you got, you guys got some events coming up that you want to tell everybody about? Oh yeah. We got plenty of them coming up. You could, uh, definitely, um, go to our website, uh, uh, find all the events that we have coming up. Um, some of the bigger ones, uh, to make note of is we have the slaughterhouse, as you mentioned, coming up in Tucson, Arizona. Um, that we're going to be a part of out there on uh, February 23rd. You can find that information on our social media platforms or our website. Um, and then um, we're working with uh, Vulture City Mines, as we mentioned, and the, we're, we're helping them out with historical preservation. And they're putting together their first ever Paracon at Vulture City Mines to, uh, and get some talent out there to speak and do lectures and do a ghost hunt at the end of the evening and have some vendors and stuff out there. That's happening September 27th and 28th, I think. So um, definitely look for that information that's going to be coming out here shortly um, and some of the amazing people that they have coming out there um, to speak and to lecture and to ghost hunt with you all. Um, but we got quite a bit of things coming up. Um, we got uh, Virginia City we're going to be at. Yeah. Um, some big titles out there with us. Uh, Dustin Perry is going to be out there from Ghost Hunters, as is John Zafis himself is going to be out there. Um, so really blessed to be a part of that event. The but Perrys are going to be out there. The Perrys will be out there. They've been featured on a lot of shows here lately, um, namely Ghost Adventures, right, because yeah. they did the special with them. But, uh, yeah, go to YatesFamilyHaunting.com. You can look for all of our upcoming events that we have going on here locally in Arizona or the events that we're appearing at um, really all over the and state. Don't forget Haunting Case Files. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Every Sunday now. Tonight they're actually airing tonight for us. Yes, we're, we're not on it. <laughs> yeah, tonight Haunted Case Files is on. We're not on it unless we're on the reruns from Season 1 or 2. Um, but here in a couple of weeks, we have we start again with uh, um, new fresh episodes with Marie and I telling our stories. We have some great stories coming up on Haunted Case Files. That's on Travel Channel. 
So check your local listings for that. Um, we're really happy to be part That's of the show. Sunday That's every Sunday night on Travel Channel. But it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you guys, and we appreciate uh, you guys hanging in there with us for a couple hours. Oh, yeah. Well, thank we you enjoyed. guys so much for having us on. Absolutely. And, and, you know, maybe we can do this again soon. Once you get some of your events over and stuff, you can come back and tell us how everything went and some some new stuff. And we're definitely going to – I'm going to watch the Haunted Case Files, and, you know, I want to – I had seen something that you, that you guys had done on on one of those uh, networks one time, and I, I I forget exactly which one it was. I think Marie was attacked by an um, Indian chief or or something. Oh, yeah. I, I, Honey, Honey, Honey case file season one. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, it was a naked Indian I seen out there. Really. Yeah, there was some funny. <laughs> maybe next time we come on, we can. We can talk about some crazy ghost stories. I don't think they stories. even mentioned about the naked Indian yeah. either. We have plenty of crazy <laughs> ghost stories we can come back on and share with you guys, and we can have some laughs about it for sure. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Well, Mary, is there anything that you want to say? No, I just want to thank them. I, I really enjoyed having them, and I appreciate their candidness, and and they're just real people. Absolutely. and Thank you. you know, thank you. Yeah, you definitely. That's an honor for you to say that. So we appreciate that because that's what we are. We just we, treat us just like equal because we are all equal. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And if for somehow or another we can manage to get out westward, maybe we can look you guys up and go have dinner or something. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Absolutely. I'm ready. Definitely. My suitcase is packed. We, <laughs> we we have plenty of locations out here, yeah. so if you're ever in our neck of the woods, let us know, and we'll make sure we set something up for y'all. Awesome, that sounds. Our team would have a blast with you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, I know ours would. In in the fact, probably one of our co-founders is listening right now. She's probably plotting on how to get us westward, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and that'll be awesome. You know, we we need a vacation for sure. All right. There well, you uh, go. well, you, you got our information, so feel free to hit us up. All right, sure will. Thanks, thanks, guys, for being with us, everybody in well, Wiregrass. Absolutely, everybody in Wiregrass Haunts Land. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for listening to the Web Radio Network. Um, anybody have any ideas about how we can make the show better? Um, just send us an email. Send us a message on Facebook. Um, Miss Mary, I want to thank you so much for being with me and hanging out, even though that you're uncomfortable. And um, that's okay. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I love shows like this where we can laugh and talk and 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 get the message across and stuff like that. Of course, uh, our guest was just so fantastic, and uh, you know we have shows like that that just just makes my day. So, uh, but we, we, yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening, and y'all tune in this coming Thursday, and we're going to have another guest, and just keep watching Facebook and Twitter, and uh, you'll find out who it is. It's coming up. And uh, also, everybody, go over and listen to Mysteries Explained on the Mysteries Explained Network. Becky and Dave, they're awesome people, so give them a shot as well. All right, Miss Mary, I'm going to say good night, and good night to everybody out there. And be blessed.
Oh.